and it's episode 65 of the Redleaf Retrocast. I am your host, JD. We got a good episode for you today during the quarantine. How's everyone doing? Eh. Pretty good. Bored. Yeah. Bored? There's too many games. But you have so many of the games to play. Do we, though? Being stuck inside? I mean, come on. Can't wait till... What, that's just not normal for you? I can't wait till after quarantine (laughs) to want to not go outside again. It's gonna be great. (laughs) So everyone's doing well. Colin, it is your theme pick today. What is it? Black Sheep of Franchises. Boy, howdy, they were. (laughs) Basically games that don't really fit very well into their respective franchises. Or so the public says. Or so the public says, yes. You're a public. But we're about to see just how true that is. Yes, later in the cast. Absolutely. Uh, it's been it's been great. I, f- I finally found, guys, a liquor store that sells my favorite Vermont beer. Would you is? tell? Well, it's it's called Zero Gravity. I've only been able to find it at various uh, bars and outlets that are that are of which closed right now for unforeseen circumstances. And uh, so they usually go for like $7 a pint. But I found it at the liquor store where they're $6 a six-pack. Wow. Oh. Oh, $6 a six-pack? Yeah. That's probably some shitty beer. No, it's really good beer. Is it? But because Vermont's next door to Rhode Island, basically... It's, I mean, it was, it was, I think, five bucks in Vermont. You ever had Kirkland Light? Because it sounds like Kirkland Light. No, no, no. This is my, this is microbrew stuff. And they're trying to compete with other many Vermont beers and they just sell it cheaper. Mm. That, that's weird because that's cheaper than Lone Star and Lone Star is a really cheap beer to be. Yeah, well. Great. So more people can go to the ER for alcohol poisoning than uh, nice. the Kung Flu. Well, see, the thing is, if you drink beer, the alcohol kills it, so it makes sense. That's how it works. I'm pretty sure it's been proven that's uh, that's boxed wine that will kill Whatever. it, as it kills all bacteria and viruses. Yeah, my <laughs> least favorite virus is, like, the cold and Karen. She loves boxed Karen? Wine. Just Karens. Karen from accounting? Karen, just anyone, anyone named Karen. Karen from Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, Karen from Reddit. That's that's very 2020 of you, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Anybody else have a quip, or shall we get into the games we've been playing? I farted. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not in the room with you then. Yeah. Well, just you, you gotta have. practice social distancing after all. Uh, I'm doing it myself. Just farting a lot. <laughs> just you wait. Sooner or later, there'll be internet smellovision. Yeah. Please, God, no. Yeah, I can only imagine what Reddit's gonna smell like. I would never go to Reddit again. It's gonna be great. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm excited for it. But uh, we got games. We speak of games. Yeah. Who's ready I for that? I think Joey should go first since he played so many. Why? Yes. Huh? Because I got but, Xbox Pass for one dollar for this month. So you know. Whoa. I know. I'm a big spender. So I decided to play Ori in the Blind Forest because my friend talked about it. I beat it. Although the version I had, you're supposed to be able to go back into the game. But every time I go back in the game, it's glitched. And Ori is swimming around. 
and the bird just oh, constantly boy. chases me. And if I change scenes, it just goes black, and all I hear is haunting sounds of the bird and nothingness. That it's sounds like the best game, personally. I think you did a great job. One, one call, yeah. One might white, might say it's an allegory what, for something. What a great <laughs> so, game. So then I went to the second game, and I played it as much as I can. Um, but mm. my controller's broken, so I can't do one of the moves that's very important to the game. So I had to stop playing until I can get a new oh, controller. Oh, no. This sounds so. like a great game. I'm really glad you Which brought it. Which move is that? Uh, it's the, the one where you have to hit the lights, the burst move off of that. Oh, yes, that is very <clears throat> crucial to the game. Yeah, Sorry. my left button doesn't want to work all the time for some reason. So <laughs> oh, I die a lot because it just doesn't register. And then I played oh, Doom from 2016 because it was Hell on the yeah. pass. Um, it was fun. It's just a little dark. Even when I put up the gamma, it's like I don't like the shadow enemies against black backgrounds, but I'll get used to it. And then I tried Search 2 based on what you said, JD, but I didn't like it. Not at Oof. all. It's just not my t style of game. Isn't that just like sci-fi okay. souls? Yeah, it just boring. It was. Well, the the thing is if you're if you're if you've never played a Souls game or you don't know what to expect, uh Surge 2 is a good entry title. So at the very least you won't like get your ass handed to you hand over fist. So but if it's not your style then that's fine. Yeah, it's just you know? that's not really that gameplay. And then of course I This is the uh... internet. You're supposed to yell way more than that. <laughs> you can't you can't accept somebody else's opinion. You got to go harder, guys. No, no, I can accept. Well, it. we we can't accept your opinion, Kevin. Yeah, wow. your opinion sucks. So how <laughs> dare go, you? I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> then, then I play Satisfactory when I feel like sitting at my computer, but I really don't feel like sitting at my computer because I sit there all day for work. So mm. that's why I started playing the Xbox just to get away from my computer. <laughs> to another box-filled computer. Hey, thing. it's a more comfy chair. It's a it's a TV. It's not a monitor, and there's a controller, not a mouse and keyboard. It's different, okay? Jeez. PC gaming is no, uncomfortable. You. Confirmed. You've heard it. We've it's already said it for you. I just don't <laughs> want to sit said it. eight hours a day working and then a couple more hours playing at the same place. I need you to just separate have to do, work from home. You just got to do a spin and then it's like a new <laughs> spot. Like you get in your chair and you go whoosh. All right. Game <laughs> if only. It works that way. So I got a question then uh, in terms of Ori Will the Wisps. How would you compare it to the first one? I like the first one better. Um, yeah, I think I did too. It seemed to be... Uh, the second one is less platformy with like all the attacks you can do in the boss fights. I, I preferred the first one. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it, The second one here seems to me like it's an emphasis on battle as opposed to trying to make fantastical uh, jumps. Even, even the... Like boss battle sequences, in the first one it was all about escape, you know. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I just it felt more simple and right. This one just feels complicated, just to be complicated. Um, how so? Well, because you have to select what abilities you have. I don't like that the wall stick can go away if you need to switch it out for something. Like that, I think should just be an inherent thing that you kept from the first game. Um, and then you can oh, switch yeah, out your yeah. weapon that, that ability for and all sure. that. It's just. It just you have to sit there and think, what do I need for the next thing instead of just going in with yourself? Yeah, it makes you s stop and hit the pause menu a lot. Yeah, okay, yeah, I feel you on that one. Well, the triple jump is the same way. Like a lot of all these abilities that you just naturally gain in the first game, you have to now put them in slots. Yeah, which I I'd, I'd rather be able to keep those and build off of it. 
I mean, I get the weapons, yeah. switching those out, I'm okay with that, but to take away an ability you already had with no real explanation for it? Right. Yeah. Mm. Have you gotten to the part where uh, your little bird friend, you meet meet back up with him? No, I haven't got that far yet. Ah, uh, so you're not at the halfway point. Yeah. Uh, that's some, okay. I'll keep I'll keep I'll keep the lip sealed for that part. I'll get to it All when right. I get a new controller. <laughs> uh, Colin, you're up next. All right. Uh, as a lead into my first one, I want to point out because I've been playing Half Life Two, and on a related note, I found a very interesting video from IGN where they interviewed Gabe Newell and one of the veteran Valve devs from Half Life about why we have. Did he say it was an awful game? Because Joey definitely doesn't like Half Life. Wow. Don't you speak those evil words. <laughs> Actually, they speak about why we haven't seen Half-Life 2 Episode 3 after all this time, and we're finally getting some concrete answers. It, oh, is this all because Alex came out? Pretty much. Oh. It mostly has to do with Valve creating the Source 2 engine, while also juggling their other projects like Steam, Dota 2, and CSGO. It initially wanted to develop Half-Life 3 simultaneously with the Source 2 engine, but that they weren't satisfied with any of the results, so they just decided to specifically focus on Source 2. Well, yeah, and Counter-Strike Go is not even on Source 2 yet. And Gabe Newell actually said that the Half-Life games were each meant to be like the new introduction of new gaming technology, and they wanted Half-Life 3 to be huh. the very best it could be. And in the meantime, Half-Life Alex was created as a means to introduce new VR technology, while also throwing the PC gaming crowd a bone as far as the Half-Life series is concerned. Well, it definitely succeeded in the VR territory. Yeah, they... It's one of the best VR games out there now. They spent four years developing it. Hmm. So, on a hopeful note, it seems like the Valve devs are quite excited to work on more Half-Life games, so who knows? We could be getting Half-Life 3 in the next decade... Or sometime this decade. Not for that the one before. Years. Yeah, but this time uh, there's more transparency on Valve's part. But yeah, Half-Life 2 itself is still fun as hell. I beat it. And the last level is really fun when you get a huge upgrade to the gravity gun. Where, where you can actually use enemy soldiers as the projectiles. Sounds like a ripoff of other games. Half-Life 2 is awful. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> nobody, nobody will ever like that. Nah. I bet no one remembers it. Till you just said it, Colin. You just jogged everyone's memory of this terrible game. I half remembered it. <laughs> you half remembered it? Yep. You might say you forget about half of it each lifetime? Whoa. Whoa, Nailed that's it. deep. Nailed it. That goes better than my theory why there hasn't been a Half-Life 3. I thought it was all in the title. You have Half-Life, then Half-Life 2. That's a whole Game's done. That's it. <laughs> I thought it was simple. Yes. Since I'm done with Doom Eternal, I'll move on to episode one and two, which I have never played. It's also okay. Bad, I gotta ask. Bad name. I gotta ask, Colin. Yes. Doom Eternal. Is it kicking the living shit out of your anal hole? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm kicking the shit out of the anal holes of the demons. I need an adult. So you're not having a hard time with the difficulty. Not particularly. I'm I'm playing on oh, Hurt Me okay. Plenty. I mean, I I started on Ultra Violence, but I I kept getting my ass kicked there. So mm. ah, okay. So I switched over to Hurt Me Plenty, so I can have get a little more used to how the game plays compared to 2016. And then and your thoughts. 
fucking awesome. Okay. Just as fun as Doom 2016. Gameplay is as frantic and fun as ever. New enemies are really cool. The new settings are very detailed and fun to look at. I mean, there's like hell on earth. There's these big ancient temples. There's just... It kind of feels like dead space in some areas because of all like the the big alien demonic tentacles over everything. Ah, uh, yes. Who could forget? <laughs> and the levels are also a lot longer, so there's more emphasis on exploration and finding secrets. Yeah, I didn't so, like that part about it. I didn't at first, but then I realized playing through each level is like the perfect length for a play session. As soon as I'm done the level, I can just end it there and be satisfied for the day. Fair enough. I thought the game was like twice as hard as Doom 2016. Yeah, there's personally there's bigger arena type fights for sure. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to keep track of. I want to I want to use the meat hook feature more than i do but the I'm, what it's like the the, gra- the grappling hook on the oh. super shotgun you oh. can see kevin we, we all know the rule if there's no grappling hook mechanic in a game it can't be game of the year oh right well, that makes sense that's why uncharted 4 for those I mean. who don't know it's it's a feature where you hook into a distant demon and it pulls you towards it so you can do a point blank double barrel blast to the face Right, so contender for game of the year immediately based on that one mechanic. That's how that's how it works. I don't make the rules. I'm having way too much fun with the sticky grenade on the combat shotgun. Is that? Yeah. Just yeah. blow so, so many enemies like, up. It's like the first weapon in the game, basically. <laughs> you basically, I I was sticking with it. <laughs> the uh, oh you the rest of the time I was playing it. You, I heard that. I'll have more of my thoughts on the modern gaming cast. Mm. Which, by the way, I recorded with Jay and then discovered that my entire audio and backup audio was corrupted. Oh, no. (laughs) The backup audio was cracking, so I think my mic cord, like, expired because I got a new one. Uh, They do expire. Oh, no. You got to cook them when they're fresh. Yeah, Yeah, there's a use my date, so you got to make sure you use it by that date. Can't go by the cell yeah, by. Also, also affected by the weather outside, so, mm, you know. Yes. All these things that <laughs> no. you're just making up. Bad, bad, bad. So I gotta yeah. re-record the modern game cast, so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing that kind of bothers me about Doom Eternal is that there are now cutscenes that play out in the third person where you see things from the outside. Basically, one of the things I really liked about Doom 2016 was the fact that everything was from the Slayer's POV, and to see that taken out kind of makes it lose its identity. It's now less Doom and more Halo in that regard. Although the game does... Do you think Doom Guy did it? I don't know. What? Do you think Doom Guy did it? Do you think the Slayer is the one that created Hell on Earth? No, it was Isabel. Everyone knows that. Oh, well, I mean... Rip and, rip, and, rip and slay, man. Or no, rip, rip and tear. Rip and tear. Rip and tear until it is slay. done. Rip and slay is like the Beyonce line or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that. So. <laughs> yeah, what? it's like the big mystery of the game is in its lore. It's like, did is it the same Doom guy? Or, is it, is, or did the first one create Hell on Earth or some <coughs> shit? 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck uh, was that? The, I, like no I said, I, the, I, I, I could explain it, but I won't. Go, go on. No, my, I think simultaneously when your noise started happening, Kevin, my cat like knocked into something on my bar. Nice. Oh, jeez. This is going to be a wonderful episode. I was like, jeez. Yeah. Well, he's going nuts right now, but he's staying away from my area, so we're all good. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know what they're doing up there, but I they have vacuumed like three times in the past two days, and I can't imagine what mess is going on up there, but I'm going to apologize. Butt stuff? I, maybe. I don't. I mean, I think you can assume butt stuff. I can, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. It's always butt stuff. Joey, always butt stuff? Wow. Always butt stuff. Nice. Butt stuff. Weird. Well, hey, I'm not one to judge the butt stuff. I, I am. I, I've I've never tried it personally. It's weird. But, you know, Kevin, you can't knock something until you've tried it at least once. Am I right, guys? Uh, <laughs> I can. can absolutely. Uh, like some of the games we'll be playing and talk about later. Yep. <laughs> yeah. One big annoyance I have with Doom Eternal that doesn't have to do with the game itself is the fact that Bethesda.net requires you to be signed in if you have an internet connection on your PS4. So it's Ugh. super annoying to just have to disconnect my PS4 from the Wi-Fi just to bypass that and play the game directly. Really? Yeah, really. That's dumb. super annoying. I think I, Final Fantasy 15 had that. You had to go into, you had to log into Square Enix's uh, thingamajig. That is fucking before ridiculous. you were able to play. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it when games do that either. DRM is cool, guys. What are you talking yeah. about? They just want to make sure nobody's stealing. It's innocent. It's gonna hurt nobody. Except, didn't Bethesda or the developers of id or id software accidentally or purposely leave in some sort of old DRM that got hacked like within an hour? Yeah, because nobody yeah, likes Doom Eternal coming out. My favorite was uh, EA with uh, what was it, Sim City, where they're like, "We can't just flip a switch and turn it off." Oh no, that was Microsoft actually. It was like, "We can't just flip a switch and turn it off," and then they flipped the switch and turned it off. It's like, whoa, yeah. crazy! <laughs> wow, how'd you guys do that? I thought you couldn't be done. Right, yeah. Wizards. Well, you can't possibly have an online service with games that have been in an online service previously. Right. No, it doesn't make sense. No, can't do that. So, oh, I, under- I understand where they're coming from. So, yeah. XCOM enemy, enemy Within, Colin? Yeah, I've been playing that on the side, too. I'm, I've beaten the Alien Base Invasion uh, mission, so I'd say I'm about qu- quarter of the way through the plot. So, not much more to say about that. And on the side, a little bit of bro force here, a little bit of fight and rage there, and also podcast games. Podcast games. It's been my life. All right. So, I finished Judgment since our last podcast, and I got to say, that game is so cutscene heavy. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. It puts past Yakuza games to shame. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that. Yeah, well, um, like I said, Yakuza series and Judgment here, it's a fantastical beat-em-up with a fantastical story, so keep that in mind. But with Judgment's case, it's like, because it's a detective story, here I am thinking that, now, don't get me wrong, I love the story that that I was watching, right? Uh, The gameplay 
of, you know, tiger style, crane style that this dude, uh, with no explanation knows, <laughs> by the way, uh, it was, it kind of grew on me when I, grew, when I got a bunch of upgrades, but it took, a, it took a good chunk of the game. I would say half before I finally started to like the, uh, the combat because where the combat flawed, not flawed, but, uh, didn't grab me was the, Chinese styles that this dude knows. He has to go through the full animations before and after attacking. So when he finishes a combo, he has to go he has to do the whole like Bruce Lee hands in the air to the side, throws him out and waves him around kind of deal. Well it doesn't work unless well, you do that in real life either, so Yeah, well, you know, it's gotta make the attack stronger somehow, right? Yes. Uh so there's there's eventually upgrades where you can, you know, up up your combo speed, uh do some dodges so you can cancel that motion and move on to other things faster. So that was a nice little additive to get me into the later stage of the game. What, but again, I thought the whole game was kind of building to this fantastical trial at the end, kind of Phoenix Wright style where you'd be putting together all the evidence you've gathered. And, uh, it goes into all that in a way it sort of does, but it's really only like five minutes and then, uh, as you're about to lay down the, the final hammer of the law, basically, uh, then it goes into full Yakuza mode where you have to go fight, uh, uh, the assassin type dude. And that was an epic final battle. I wish a lot more of the fighting was that. Uh, but you do fight, like, the same guy three times. Kind of like in Yakuza 0 where you fight the first big patriarch like four times in the game, it kind of gets irritating. I just really wish with the whole emphasis on detective that there was more detectiving. <laughs> detectiving, okay. Yes, that's a word. In judgment. Um, so, definitely not my favorite Yakuza game uh, by any means. Are you sure it's not called Dicking Around since you're a private dick? Nice. <laughs> you know, Joe, I didn't think of it that way. You're right. <laughs> Game, probably right. Game's better already. Yeah. So then I after the, the, and that was kind of my in between game between playing through Yakuza Zero, One, and Two. Uh, then I started Yakuza Three and proceeded to beat the entire thing last weekend because it's really short. Uh, it focuses on our main character now in on a beach in Okinawa at an orphanage, and the game is. I thought, okay, cool. I'm gonna be in a new city. I'm gonna learn a new city. Maybe some. Mafia, mob stuff, Yakuza stuff, one might say, could happen. Mm. And uh, it doesn't really. Uh, the Yakuza there are an offshoot of your main Yakuza group, and they just want to evict you from the orphanage because they want your land for some political scheme. Uh, you quickly, very quickly, make friends with this three-person Yakuza group, so it's really dumb. And then uh, a good chunk of the the game, especially in non-Yakuza-like missions, you're just taking care of the orphans. And it's, it's like, oh, this orphan's getting bullied at school because they're all orphan, and this one has bad clothes because orphan clothes, and this one stole money from the other orphan, but then you have to get them to convinced and they, they're all like six years old <laughs> six to ten mm -hmm. 
So it's really boring. It's just really dull. And I'm like, I hate these orphans. Mm. <laughs> I want their house. I want their house now torn down. Let's have a sound clip of that. JD hates orphans confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I suspected it. Uh, I knew it. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if that wasn't enough, the uh, it, it's in this. Re- I got I played. This is the remastered version, part of the remaster collection. And Yakuza 3 is. It doesn't feel remastered in any way. No, that, it feels very much like a PS2 game. Well, that's that's <laughs> the thing with all these like remasters. Like they they literally are just uprising graphics and they go remastered. Look at me, I've done it. This one was exactly that because the because as soon as you get dropped into Kamarocho, the original city, before it it goes back to uh, goes to Okinawa, uh, Kiryu, our main character, moves like he's on ice, and he's very stiff. And the combat is atrocious. Uh, it's the exact same from Kiwami 2, but now worse. Cool. Because it's a bad remaster. Well, not a bad remaster. It's a lazy remaster. You did very little. It's just the graphical upgrade. And even then, that's very little. So the story, the story's not all that. I mean, it does get interesting with it forces you to try and care about these orphans. And then you're just like. Someone messes with the orphans, you just go, I just fucking did those, all those side missions. I will swear to God, if you hurt any of these guys. <laughs> That's how you start to care about them. I don't understand what you, what's the problem with the gameplay, yeah, bro. Yeah, exactly. You just do the same mission over and over. You're going to love them. Yeah, so it was, it, it, it just felt like a lot of side content. The whole game felt like a side game. Uh, just, like, just like Judgment, um, it does end well for the story. That wasn't enough to bring me in. So Yakuza 3 is easily the least good <laughs> out of all of the games so far out of the f- let's see three yeah five five that i've played easily the worst <laughs> uh and then i and then i booted up and played the first part of yakuza 4 and immediately immensely way better like a huge remaster uh it felt like yakuza 0 and kiwami and how great it is the combat felt great the graphics were amazing like the whole city's raining as you start the lighting effects uh you're it's it's now a bunch of different characters all with a tied together story so it's something completely different and new uh, it's exactly what it was more than i could ever imagine especially after playing yakuza 3 because i went into it going i don't know if i want to play 4 now I'll boot it up and see what it's about. And I was like, oh, yes, it's so good. <laughs> so I'm loving Yakuza 4. Uh, each new character has a different, <coughs> unique combat style to them for the beat-em-up. Uh, it's great. You're a loan shark in one. You're a prisoner in another. And I don't know any character after that. It's fucking awesome. Uh, and you can really see how all the elements tied to the past games. Uh, but it's like not... It's just kind of, if you've played the series, it rewards you for having played them before. But if you're totally new to the Yakuza series, then it's not, like, crucial information that won't be... Like, anything crucial will be explained to you as you play. So that's awesome. So this... Yakuza 4 is a good starting point for those wanting to play, like... uh, Well, just starting there, basically. Mm. So I'm very, very happy. And then I played the entire first part of the very first Tomb Raider on the Sega Saturn last night. And uh, that was a lot of fun. It was very challenging still. <laughs> oh, boy. 
remember yeah, we'll playing get, we'll that get to... on, on our Let's Play videos. <laughs> what a time that was. Yeah, it's um, we Colin, if you remember, we were actually missing like three crucial game mechanics. Oh uh, yeah. To make it way easier, like a drop down mechanic. <laughs> It does exist, but you have to hold B and do the roll button as you go over edges. <laughs> oh boy! I accidentally discovered that. Oh man! It's like, oh, this makes it so, this makes it so much easier. And then if you hold hold the L button, uh, that walks and prevents uh, Lara Croft from just walking off an edge. So you can really get to the edge of of platforms to easily make uh, other jumps. So again. Oops! <laughs> when we were playing, yeah. All right, well, Kevin. What we do you were got? busy focusing on talking to the audience and each other. Nah, come on, that's crazy talk. Kevin, what do you wow. got? Okay, I'm gonna start off one thing since you brought up Yakuza. I tried Zero. That ain't, that ain't a Kevin game. I, that was a solid movie. <laughs> the, the, well, we already established, uh, as Joey agreed, uh, your opinions don't matter. All right, well, I don't care. It's my, <laughs> well, it's sometimes my time. they matter. When when he's talking about games that you like, when they there suck, I, I agree Problem. with him. I, here, oh, here's the thing. I won't, Joey, I, I thought you had my back. I won't say Yakuza <laughs> sucks, but like I played Persona 4. That game is like two hours of opening dialogue. Somehow that hooked me. Maybe like because I'm an ignorant American and it was in English and translated, but like... The start of Yakuza Zero, like there was dialogue and dialogue and dialogue. Then I got to beat somebody up, and that was cool. And then dialogue, and then dialogue. And I was like, when the yeah. when the fuck do I do it? Whole story. Yeah, but it was like, yo, let, like I, I'm sorry, I can't play a game for four hours, and I've beaten up like three guys and a bunch of dudes. Okay, in the I world. watched. I watched you play. That's not what happened. Okay, <laughs> I'm exaggerating. I was fucking bored. Is my point. So anyway, put it down. Not a Kevin game. Maybe I'll try a different Yakuza. Didn't work. No, no, they're all like that. Okay, they never... except Yakuza Three. It's worse. Okay, great. So I'm not a Yakuza fan, and that's fine. Uh, then uh, I revisited Sonic Adventure. Bad. And then the game I'm actually playing, um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, Good. Fucking wow, that's a game I love. I already knew I was gonna like Fire Emblem, and I was trying to go in blind. Everyone telling me what house is best, like it was a Harry Potter school or something. Uh, and the, uh, that that is that was the objective when they made it. I'm sure <laughs> the only answer is go with handsome boy Nick Carter's house, uh, Dimitri, because yes, I don't know. They it's something about all the units in the other houses. I was like y'all look like a bunch of fucking nerds, and something about Dimitri's house. I was like, you know what? I like these guys. Uh, that game is fluent, smooth. I didn't think I was gonna like being a professor and doing all that extra stuff, uh, but it actually plays into the game really nice, where you can make people how you want. So, like, in normal Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. it's like, I am an archer, and you can't stop me. And I go, but you're better at swords. Listen, motherfucker, I am an archer. And uh, you can change at any time. So, I like that part of it. Uh, I'm still playing through it. The other game, I dabbled in Animal Crossing. It's it's okay. Um, what was the other game I was playing? I don't remember. Last of Us. Right. Revisiting Last of Us. It's uh, my game of the month clubs. We did an extra quarantine game. And man, is that very, a, very topical? Yeah, look, it's a random wheel spin. I promise. Um, <laughs> it, man, that game's good. Kind of like Resident Evil Three remake coming out. Very topical. Man, <laughs> I saw somebody play that, and they like someone who's a big RE Three fan, and they were not loving it. So I don't know if anyone else has. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. It's 
It's because it's the same engine as RE2. They don't have Jill but Skirt. But you're playing RE3. Jill Skirt. That's what it is. Games unplayable. Anyway, um, uh, is that really is that really what people are upset about? Some people are, but it's not the real issue. Um, the last thing I'm playing is Megaman Legends 2. I'm like right at the end, but man, the whole time I'm playing this game, I wish I never played it on Vita again because this back touchpad for L2 and R2 is the worst. I hate it. You have to touch... Are you sure you can't remap the controls? As far as I know, no. I'm sure you can in, like, the Vita engine settings, but I don't know what else I'd want for R2. Like, I just, mm. I just don't. Um, you get used to it after a while. Just, I hate playing PS1 games on Vita, but my randomizer said it must be done, so I did it. Um, it's a pretty good Zelda game. Do not disobey the randomizer. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, I, <laughs> look, I, whatever. That's how I played the first one, so I was like, I know what I'm getting into. Uh, only real complaint is that, like, there's, like, essential stuff in this game that, like, it doesn't tell you you're gonna need. You kind of have to just, like, go in a dungeon and be like, oh, man, I wish you brought those Abestus shoes. And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, you didn't collect these obscure parts I didn't tell you about? Go get them, you fucking idiot. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on that, I'm still working my way through three houses. I took a little break because, like, I don't want to burn out on it too much because I'll, I'll, we got all this free time, so... I mean, I'm going to get to it, but it was nice to, like, mix up with Last of Us, and fuck, that game is so good. I still tear up at the beginning. Whew. The feel. Well, I mean, you have free time. Okay. Sorry, Mr. I'm essential. <laughs> so. I'm an essential worker. Yeah, sure. Essential <laughs> and expendable are very interchangeable, uh, I've learned. So. I'm technically essential, but I get to work from home. Yeah, well. So that's uh that's kind of what I've been nailing. Uh, the only option is blue lines, and anyone that disagrees can uh, fall to my sword. Hmm. Yeah, I played thirty something hours of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses when that came only out. 30. I do love it. I didn't finish it. I got man, that's like I guess the beginning because <laughs> it's like a hundred hour game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, everyone's like do the do all three houses. I was like, no. That's okay. This is my choice. This is... Dude, that was my thought. No. I'm like, no. Nah, eh, n- I, I know the story diverts, but I don't care. Yeah, no, <laughs> I got to that point where I was just like, does it change that much? And everyone was like, well, you see it through other teams' perspective. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about their perspective. This is my team. These are my homies. We die together. Like, so that's that's as far as I'm taking <laughs> that. It's like the same events play out. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> okay, now I can hear, like, Claude or a, a token waifu like explain her point of view. I don't care. Dimitri is best. That's all I know. Hmm. Who'd you pick? I picked the democracy dude. Dimitri? Uh, yeah, the hodgepodge of different characters. They all don't look this look and feel the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta you know yeah. you gotta diversify. The golden deer. Oh, that's, who, that's who you picked. I didn't like Claude. Yeah, Claude. Is his name actually Claude? His name's Claude, which is why I got it confused and they were like talking about Claude. I was like, oh, the girl? And then I saw like the meter go up for the Golden Deer. I was like, wait, what? No. Yeah, Golden Deer. Yeah. Lamo. Well, he's an archer. Yeah. That... And, a th- and, and a thief type person, which I really liked. I mean, I get it, but thieves in Fire Emblem are used for like shooting over walls. Like I, I when I'm streaming, I have one person chat. He's like, what are you doing? You have to use thieves to provide cover fire. And then everyone else, I'm like, everything you're saying makes sense if it wasn't Fire Emblem. Like if this was Age of Empires, absolutely. But archers in this game go, kill the guy over the wall for me, thanks. That That is their job. And also use all women and children as meat shields. Well... Oh, you don't play with permadeath? Oh, I play with permadeath, but they're meat shields, okay. still. I care about them. 
but just know that like hey sorry uh you're a child and you're not gonna be useful in this war yeah i mean it's it's all about the story in three houses uh i thought it i thought it's the easiest fire emblem to date that i've ever played yes yeah well, they completely took out the uh, rock, paper, scissors mechanic to it all. Yeah, they do that, but it comes in play with, like, gambits and skills and other stuff. And also, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So. All right. We'll get to rock, paper, scissors later yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, drop time. How about that? Drop these notes. What's dropping? Is it a super long drop? It's super long, apparently. It's t- it's ten seconds of asphalt asphalt, uh, asphalt assault. You know what? You know what that sounds like on our end? Like ten seconds of like so. This is awkward. <laughs> so guys, it's kind of awkward. So, but uh, Nintendo had a mini direct. Uh, sure. Let's call it that. Yeah. Short little, probably five minute thing we'll yeah. discuss. Uh, lots of ports and remasters. As the Switch <laughs> does. basically what this sucker was. As the Switch has become. Port everything to you Switch. You know, I'm, I'm all for the Switch, you know, putting as many games as they possibly can on their console. But it there does come a time when I'm, I just want. It's like, okay, I get it. I get it. But you don't need to devote like 10 minutes to a game we played 10 years ago. I think we do, uh, because it wasn't on Switch before. I don't think you realize that. But now it is. Therefore, it's good now. Like, them devoting so much time to Borderlands 2, be like, <coughs> now the greatest... Uh, um, two, uh, 2K. 2K made Borderlands, right? Yep. They did. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, the greatest 2K games are now coming to Switch. Not 3, uh, but 2. Borderlands 2. <laughs> Hey, 2 is not a great not game. the new one. Yes, it is, but like, well, come on, guy. I have it in VR, so oh. that's the that's as good as it's gonna get. Uh, I have it on Vita, so you're right. It's not good on Vita. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah, too bad. Well, now it's on Switch. Whoa, now I can uh, play so, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they went this big fantastic DLC. You know, there's a big Pokemon DLC thing. You Gross. know, so we already discussed scum tactics with that. Mm. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles, some DLC there. Uh, you know the 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 enhanced, uh, complete, fantastic edition on Switch. So therefore, it's the most complete experience. You know, it it was all the buzzwords that you want to you, you see in here. Uh, and then they then they finally went into Ninjala, which is like another Splatoon, but now your ninjas doing parkour battle royale type shit. Just yeah. It looks pretty fun. It's absolutely going to be free to play. It comes out May 25th, and you don't need Switch Online. Ooh! <laughs> Neat. So, very much going to be playing that one. And then, uh, what caught my eye, because I watched this whole thing at work, you know, because as one does, as why, does, why would you work at work? No. Uh, was the demo of Bravely Default 2. <sighs> yes. That came out, and uh, they confirmed a 2020 release. But they didn't confirm the date, so second half of the year. <laughs> it's out next week. Uh, no. Um, so those uh, that aren't familiar with Bravely Default series, it's basically Final Fantasy. <laughs> the old ones. The ah, yeah. top-down adventure games. Final Fantasy 4, 5, 6. That uh, 
style. The good ones. Uh, I said it. There, I mean, I like a lot of them. That's for sure. I said it. <laughs> I'm standing by it. <laughs> um. So yeah, bravely default two. When they were going over the story, it's it's almost like to a T the old Final Fantasy stories of gather the crystals. Here's your four heroes. <laughs> you're the you're you're gonna be the guardians of light kind of situation. Uh, and then it has the Octopath Traveler system of battle. So cool. in in so this might pique your interest, Kevin, since you were an Octopath Traveler fan. Was until the end. Yep. Well, I mean. Because the story didn't mean stories, anything, right? that's all. Um, but yes, go on. So Uh-oh. the Octopath Traveler system was all based Uh-oh. around breaking the dude's shield. And then, uh, so you gotta find their weakness to break the shield, and then you can attack them. Uh, in Bravely Default, it has the Brave and Default system. Very much that same realm. Uh, so it took kind of the best element of Octopath Traveler, which was its unique gameplay uh, in the turn-based RPG. Mm -hmm. And now it has a much more complete story and complete characters that actually know that they're together. (laughs) Good, finally. So, yeah, Bravely Default 2 immediately became a must-buy for me. Mm. So, if you're into old-school RPGs, it would definitely tickle your fancy. I like my fancy. I tried playing Bravely Default One. I, I that's a game I want to like more than I do. Is it everything's there, but somehow it just wasn't grabbing me. Well, I've heard a lot of people have been like that game just doesn't end, and it like there's a point where it should end, and it goes no more. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that before. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I got that far in the first one. Well, Probably didn't end Might for you. Might have to do that. Yeah, well, it certainly did not end for me. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Joey, when are you going to get a Nintendo Switch? Uh, probably never. Wow. Oh, what is this? Come on, it's the best console of this generation, because it has no competition. Mm. Uh, mm, mm, what? <laughs> the PS5 and Xbox uh, sex box isn't out yet. Generations are made by sociologists, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair. Nintendo's kind of their own game. They're their own generations. Nah, don't be silly. They're competing with the side. They don't really compete with the other two. They're just there on the side. People like to play it, but it's usually Xbox versus PlayStation. And then everyone else also has a Nintendo. Everyone else also has a Nintendo. No, that's the PC, isn't it? Everyone also has a PC. I think a lot of PC gamers also have a Switch. Like, the Switch is just something you have on the side. It's my side hoe. My Switch. Your side hoe? My side hoe. (laughs) Yeah. Anybody else watch the mini direct? Or is it just me? I get. I never watch when I get the reviews later because it's way easier on me. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot about it. Well, I didn't know about it until I think Kevin, you said something. Yeah. You're like, "Oh, there's a direct today." Yeah, I was like, I'm like "Oh, can't wait. I'll watch that right now." Can't wait to see what <laughs> what it was. I'll tell you guys later. But yeah, yeah. I just watched. Reviews. I watched it immediately. I'm like, "Okay, I got time." Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how I handle E3 as well. I'm just like, "Okay, tell me what happened after." Oh, I like E3. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun beer. Drink yeah, but I immediately experience. forget everything a week after they announce. I'm like, oh, that was neat. What games? You don't write them down? No, because <gasps> they're not coming out till next year anyway. <laughs> Gotta remember. No. How else are you gonna remember? Uh, everyone else talking about it mostly. Oh, come on. It's way easier. You can work on your memory skills. Kevin. I listen. I've been trying. It's been a lifelong battle, but. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, I guess I'll play another drop. We can get to our games. All right. Let's see. What what, what drop am I going to play that you guys can't hear? Uh, all of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just hit all, all the buttons. Hmm. <coughs> Alex Kidder. Baseballs. Freebird. Okay. Was it Freebird? No, it was the Alex, Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Podcast sucks. Song. Very, oh, <laughs> it's very top, very topical. All right, Colin, bring us in. What's the theme? Why you chose it? Remind the listeners who skip the entire first section because there are ones that do that. Wow, <laughs> screw you guys. Well, I put timestamps in every episode. Screw them. <laughs> so, take so, us yeah. away, Colin. The theme is black sheep of franchises. Games that, in some way, shape, or form, deviated pretty significantly from what the, the series they're part of does normally, and thus people tend to tend to either reject it or just don't see it as fitting in with the rest of the series. Perfect. A perfect example is Zelda Two, because just looking at it, you can see how radically different the the gameplay is compared to the yeah. rest. Castlevania 2. Not Belmont's Revenge. The um, Simon's Quest. <laughs> A more modern example would be Metroid Other M. Oh yeah, that would be. That would be a uh, black sheep. Most definitely. You could right. even use Federation Force as an example. Damn. <laughs> well, I suppose. Well, Other would, M is well, more publicized. People just forgot about Federation Force, I Probably think. for the best, to be fair. <laughs> well, it's all part of the mainline series, too. Federation Force was kind of a spin-off. Right? Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. I mean, I, yeah. did Samus even show up in it? <laughs> That's my question. No. Right. So, no, I really, I really enjoyed this theme. It was very unique. It, uh... Definitely uh, gave me an excuse to play a few of the games, um, two of which I've wanted to uh, play for a long time, because I've never played three of these games before. Three out of the five. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think two out of five I've never played myself. Actually, no. Yeah, three out of five. And based on what I've heard over all five of these games as we go through them here, uh, except one, with the exception of one, they're all they all have really bad reputations in some form uh, or another. Absolutely, uh, and 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 for the purpose of kind of where, like, okay, I got curious to the backgrounds of all these games, and some got just utterly thrashed with reviews and the others got rave and some others got rave reviews or got like game of the year nominations and kind of kind of stuff uh but more often than not the developer uh of said game um either got totally hammered where they don't exist anymore or they moved on to other ventures because it was their last situation so very it was very interesting reading about kind of uh where what what and where happened to the studio what happened to the game why it went in the direction that it did 
Uh, so that was very <coughs> interesting. Did you guys have any expectations or fears before playing all these any of these games for the podcast? Expectation, um, mostly just like not to. I, I guess when th- like things get all black sheepy, like people just immediately dismiss it. But like once like times pass and you're like, all right, let's look at it in its own light. Like, yeah, things you know, things aren't so bad. It's just you guys are being dicks. But not this case. So maybe they were right. So maybe I'm, what I'm saying I contradict. But uh, yeah. No, you know what's a good example of that? Hmm. Wind Waker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because when that game first came out and how it diverted to the uh, little cartoony style, you know, Toon Link. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People rejected Wind Waker hard when it first came out, especially when it was first announced and they showed the gameplay of it. Well, they also, I like, I, I, rem- I remember that. Yeah, but they already, like, showed, like, a 3D model and then be like, oh, that's what I'm getting. And then the next E3, I'd be like, the fuck is this? You showed me something different. What? What is this? <laughs> yeah. It, well, th- wasn't that developing Skyward Sword? Uh, well, or something? No, that was Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess? Yeah, but, like, they already showed that, so you're, you go in expecting that. And then when you see get something different, you're like, uh, okay, all right, that's different. And nothing yeah. like what you just but, showed me. Yeah, when, when, but Wind Waker's a good example of, you know, initial rejection, and then many years later, like you said, it's now a lot of people's favorite Zelda games, uh, mine included. I really like it. It's my favorite Zelda game. It's Wind Waker. <laughs> yeah, my own story's a little interesting on that front. When I first saw it announced, I rejected it myself, but then I kept seeing more and more of it online closer to its release, and I was like, Maybe this is actually pretty good. So, I ended up getting it on release, and I ended up loving it. There you go. Alright. So, what about you, Joey? Did you have any expectations or fears going into no, this? No, none at all. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, no, no previous thoughts or, or rumblings over any of the games? I mean, only Doom 3 was the only one I was cautious about but i mean i don't really play star fox so whatever and nice. I, I just knew the tomb raider was gonna be terrible and i had no idea whatever <laughs> game you picked so i don't even know the series of that one and of course you know super mario brothers 2 i've played so i'm sorry i think you don't know this but it was actually doki doki i'm gonna stop <laughs> i feel like we'll get to that doki literature it's club by right. law somebody <laughs> has to say that every time mario brothers 2 is brought up so but it, it begs the question with that one. I wonder if the reputation would have been hurt if they actually kept the real Super Mario Brothers 2 to come over or not. Yes. Like, if yeah. it was harder, would people turn away from Mario, Mario instead of this random-ass game that they brought over? Actual like, Mario Brothers 2 is ass. So, did they make the right choice by going with this weird-ass game? No, both games are kind of boring. Yeah, I think they actually, probably should have scrapped it and just remade a new one. Should have just skipped a three. But we could talk about that <laughs> later. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Colin. Then let's get into your first game. Okay. First game is Doom 3 on the Xbox and PC. It was developed by id Software and published by Activision. Although the remastered version on PS4, which is the version I played, was published by Bethesda. And it was Assholes. released on Xbox and PC <laughs> on August 3rd, 2004. So... 
Plot's fairly simple. You and a bunch of other space marines have been summoned to a science facility on Mars to investigate a bunch of incidents happening in the research labs, and not long after you arrive, all hell breaks loose. Literally. And you have to fight your way out. So, it's pretty much like Doom 1 and 2, except it takes almost an hour to really get going. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An hour and 15 minutes in, I could already see why this isn't particularly well-liked among Doom fans. As the environments are very samey, there's a, a ton of reading and audio video logs to read or to listen to. My favorite part about Doom. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and the combat isn't very exciting. It's basically System Shock wearing Doom's skin, which is not what Doom is supposed to be. And System Shock actually has uh, a plot worth your thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also kind of so, reminds me of Dead Space, the more I think about it, with a dash of Half-Life, with like the medical stations and stuff and such, but not nearly as good as those ones. My guess is that the id Software devs saw how well System Shock 2 did and wanted to try and capitalize on that success. Well, from what I read, uh, first question though, did anyone play the BFG edition? No, I purposely no. didn't choose that one because they actually improved it a little bit in some sense. <laughs> okay. I played the original Xbox version, which uh, has the most egregious mechanical error, and that is you can't have your flashlight and a gun out at the same time. I know. Well, how much yeah, are these suits that you're in? You're a freaking space marine. You can't have a flashlight on it? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Huh. In the version can't I have played... a chest light. In the, yeah, in the version I played, it was mounted on the chest armor. Then you played the BFG so edition, because they changed played it. played the BFG edition. Well, it wasn't labeled as such on the PSN store. That's well, that's what, they, that's what they sell it on well, uh, shit. from there. Huh. Yeah. Okay, then. Yep. Uh, so, it's my understanding that in uh, the early 2000s here in 2004, uh, about 2001 to four. Uh, horror games were finally able to kind of come to its own, and they they kind of had a resurgence in popularity. Oh yeah. So it's my understanding from what I read that the developers of ID uh, wanted to just take Doom in a different direction and make it more of a horror-like experience. Makes sense. Yeah. So bigger emphasis on the story. Uh, try to get more involved with the characters, even though uh, I th I think from you guys that have just played Doom 2016 and Eternal, Doom Guy is about killing some fucking hell demons. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you you said it took it, it the game clocks in around 12 hours, and I was like, man, it sure feels like it's gonna be l longer than that because I got 45 minutes into the game and. Literally, I am not exaggerating when I say nothing happens. Yeah, it's because just a you just whole lot walk around the state. Yeah, it's, it's you just walk around the space station. You're talking to the like two people, and you're reading, and it's going through all this dialogue and text. And I'm like, man, because my first, my first impression, or at least hope, was okay. I'm not a, I'm not heavy on into the Doom series. I do recognize it's very influential for first-person shooters uh it's very it's a very well-beloved series it changed a lot of aspects of gaming uh i may not be a doom 2016 or eternal guy haha -ha. 
not a dude uh, guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do recognize, kind of like you, Kevin, with Yakuza. It's a good game, but it's not for me. Okay. Right. Fair. Okay. So in Doom Three here, I'm like, okay, I like horror. I like horror games. Uh, maybe this will be the the game, the Doom game, that will rope me in. So I was thinking, okay, it's going to be a slower pace. I won't have to be all stressed out all the time with hell demons flying at my face, and nothing was happening. And I'm going, oh no. I mean, the game looks good, especially on the Xbox 2004. It looks great. There's nothing wrong graphically. I didn't come across really any glitches. Uh, the flashlight gun gun thing was very irritating. But I'm like, okay, maybe it's creating an atmosphere. I'm not feeling the atmosphere, but maybe that's that's the point to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get an hour in. Okay. Am I not activating something? And then at like hour 10, 15 minutes, uh, Hell on Earth comes on the space station. Shit starts going down. You play for all of maybe five, ten minutes. And then it gets slow again. And it does, and it just rinses and repeats that formula. And once I got through another forty-five minutes of that, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so bored, right? Yeah. I'm not scared. Uh, it's this. It felt like the same enemies coming at me over and over again uh, through these corridors that all look the same. So no, yeah. I, I I was heavily disappointed with it, and to my surprise. This game got rave reviews when it came out. Game of the Year edition. It <laughs> sold so well. It got like 90s across the board. Uh, it was praised for its atmosphere and mechanics and uh. all sorts of things. And I was like, man, this game has a reputation for everyone hating on it and shitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was very surprised. So that was my that was my thoughts and experience through... Uh, Doom three here. Uh, game goes for about five bucks, so I didn't spend too much money on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought it five bucks on Steam. Uh, I constantly got lost. I thought I was going the right way, and it turns out I walked around in a circle, so I ended up yeah. not going anywhere fast. I didn't like that yeah, the stamina that. bar, because I like Doom is like Quake. You're supposed to just run around fast and go kill things. Just go, go, go. But I couldn't do mm-hmm. that and for some well, reason. This is your father's Doom. I don't know if it was in my head, but I felt like if I was using like the the sprint and my shotgun actually killed things quicker than if I just shot them standing still. So I think you're absolutely right on that. Because <laughs> I could one shot them with the shotgun if I'm running at them, but it takes like two or three if I'm not, and it was confusing me. I don't know if that was supposed to be or if it's just some bug that's in the game. I don't know. Maybe you get closer to the enemy. <clears throat> I guess. And it does well, sometimes damage. you have them standing still right in their face and doesn't kill them. But if I sprint towards them, oh. it kills them. I don't know. I could just be imagining things. Um. But yeah, it it just felt weird. But then I had a thought, what if they put this as a side project of Doom and you're not a Doom guy and you play it as a scientist? Would that make the game a little more scary, make more sense with all the the data you have to go find? You're just some scientist dude dying to survive. It would feel more horror-y than being this super soldier just running around doing what you do in the first two games anyway. I think you want to play Dead Space. <laughs> Maybe I'll check out Dead Space, but I think it, I have a confession. I've never played uh, Dead Space. Well, this is exactly Boo. what he's describing. Well, did someone say Kingdom Hearts? Boo! Boo! Kingdom Hearts. I heard. I heard a boo. <laughs> boo! Boo! Yeah, fine. I'll ch- I guess I'll check out Dead Space. But uh, I mean, this game wasn't inherently bad. It just had 
things I didn't like that I didn't want to continue playing. I even tried to put down on easy, see maybe if I can just run through the game and get further, but I kept getting lost, so it didn't even matter what difficulty I played on, I didn't get any further. <laughs> Did you guys discover the uh, health pack and armor glitch in the game? No. It's not a glitch, per se. It's So, uh, if you don't pick up various health packs and armor pickups, then enemies will not spawn to attack you. <laughs> So I found myself at full health and full armor, not picking these things up, and I'm just walking through a good chunk of a level, and nothing's attacking me except like two enemies, hmm. and then the end of and then the level ends, and I go, "What just happened?" Because nothing happened. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> and as it turns out, if you if you don't pick up these particular armor or health pickups. Uh, Enemies just won't spawn and attack you. I was like, wow, that seems like a big miss. <laughs> yeah. I just went around killing the civilians before the hell broke loose, just so they wouldn't be there to attack me later. <laughs> it works some of the times. Other times, they're, they're still there attacking you. Ah, well. To each their own. <laughs> they're going to die anyways. You just made it quicker for them. There's no repercussions to it. They say, hey, don't shoot them, but you shoot them, nothing happens, so why not? <laughs> the, Kevin, haven't heard uh, much out of you no, over there with Doom Three. I mean, I don't know what else. Is it. I got bored of it pretty quickly because it's not Doom mostly. Like this, this isn't a Doom game. This is just some random ass shooter. But like, was Bethesda publishing this? No, Activision. Oh no, no it's the BFG one they did. That's right. Whatever it was, um, it's just boring. Like I, I mean, I played the BFG edition where the light was on your gun. But it was still just, like, dark and boring. I played, like, an hour of it. I was like, this isn't Doom. We can pretend this never existed. Like, <laughs> I, I, the only amusing thing about the game is the looking in the mirror Easter egg that jump scares the shit out of you. But beyond that, nope. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, part. my God, you got to look it up. Uh, and also, it's a jump scare, so be careful. <laughs> well, but yeah, I don't man. scare easily. Yeah, well, okay. I, I'm just scared all the time. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's a new way to go about it. Sure, it's just yeah, I, I was just bored of it. I mean, look, I'm gonna give a, a little spoiler. Most of these games, I'm just like, this is like the worst batch of games you've ever picked. Um, huh. and I was just well, I, I mean, it it creates good conversation, that's for sure. I guess, but like, I just have nothing to say because it was boring. Like, I didn't have fun with it after an hour. I was like, I could be doing anything else with my time right now. And I did. Yeah, I went back to Last of Us. <laughs> I I felt like the weapons didn't have very much impact or punch to no. them. They all felt like the ripoff Halo weapons. The shotgun, it's especially didn't feel like it packed much of a punch, which, in my opinion, is criminal in any FPS. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like that shotgun felt weak. Mm. Yeah. Question: Did Doom twenty 26- six? Is Doom 2016 the first game that came out, Doom game, after Doom 3? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Wow, that went a long time. Because you fucked yeah. up. Without a title. Because you, wow. you fucked up. But this game got critic critically acclaimed reviews and sold very well. Hey, maybe critics are wrong. Well, it looks like a Doom 3 <laughs> had was an expansion. It was Doom 3 Resurrection of Evil came out in 2005. And then it was the BFG edition 2012, hmm. and then Doom 2016. Mm, but 
you would think a game that sold as well as it did and id software being who they are uh they would have who they were made a new doom game who they were no who they are no but like they're not the same company now they're doing other things it's still it's it's software in the end it's different still people. like they got different goals they're owned now yeah but no one refers to oh man id software 90s kicks id software 2020s ass. i mean oh. i honestly forget <laughs> id software exists so there's that oh. <laughs> i just consider them bethesda now but it could be well because of how the the quake engines came out oh i didn't think of that hmm. can i put wads in hmm. doom 3 Let's see, when oh. did the Quake engines come? I don't even know what year, but was there a gap between Quake 3 and Quake 4 engines? I think so. What about Quake Wars Enemy Territory? The right. best one. Alright, so I'm going to fail Doom 3. Yup. And you might hear a lot of that I'm a, <laughs> going forward. I'm failing it, but I am willing to go back to it at another time and like maybe give it a try. Again, but mm-hmm. like playing this time, I was like, mm, no, but that that exists. I was heavily disappointed with this game, Colin. Uh, despite my complaints, I honestly didn't hate this one. <laughs> there were some moments where I felt genuine dread, and it's, it's functional as an FPS, but overall, it's not a very memorable experience. And as a Doom game, it definitely doesn't measure up. So I'm giving it a soft pass. Okay. As a as a standalone game. Joey? I'm gonna fail it. Alright. Doom 3 sucks All confirmed. Right. Second second game, Colin. Okay. Second game is Star Fox Adventures on the GameCube. Developed by Rare and published by Nintendo. Released on the GameCube in North America and Japan on, in September two thousand two. And in Australia and the EU in November two thousand two. Delay their suffering. This is most definitely one of the most infamous examples of a game in a series deviating hard from what the overall series is known for. (laughs) I guess you could say it was the universe balancing out after the awesomeness of Star Fox 64. (laughs) The only good Star Fox game, some would say. Yeah. Now, the story is... There's a... There's a planet called Dinosaur Planet that's been taken over by this dictator tyrant named General Scales. And Fox McCloud... Asshole he is. (laughs) (laughs) What? And his actions are causing the the planet to be torn apart. And Fox and his crew have been hired by General Pepper to put the planet back together. So now... There is a lot to talk about with this game's development alone, particularly the fact that it wasn't originally meant to be a Star Fox game. It was originally in development as a new, a brand new IP called Dinosaur Planet to be released on the N64. And the character Crystal, who you play as in the very first level, was supposed to be one of the main playable characters, because the way the dinosaur planet worked it was going to be crystal on one hand and then another character named saber on the other and that and you would switch perspectives every so often but then after a while nintendo the 
Specifically, Shigeru Miyamoto made the executive decision to make it into a Star Fox game. Because the character Saber heavily resembled Fox McCloud, and then after a lot of back and forth, it ended up being turned into a Star Fox game. Yeah, I was reading uh, the, the big background of this one, uh, as I did with a lot of these games. Um, the people at Rare were apparently very upset that their new IP was just getting kind of usurped into this Star Fox skin. Yeah, not and they to had to. Why. Yeah, and they had to. Uh, they were immediately given the task to rework the entire stories to to make it make sense with the Star Fox canon. Uh, their new IP was just ripped from them uh, that they worked very hard on. They had then then because of that big delay, then that just delayed it to the GameCube. In which, uh, to be fair, it looks great. The game looks and feels great. Oh yeah. They, uh, and the uh, now this wasn't confirmed, but a lot of people at Rare, uh, especially the people working on Dinosaur Planet, felt that because they were being bought by Microsoft, and this was their last game. The executive decision came down to make it a Star Fox game, so as to just kind of keep the Dinosaur Planet IP separate from Star Fox. So a big chunk of this game uh, could not be taken over into Microsoft because of ah, that. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't confirmed or anything. It was just how people felt. Uh, and fans felt as well, apparently. So, yes, this was, in fact, Rare's last game for Nintendo before being bought by Microsoft. Yeah, And was... haven't made a good game since. Wait, it wait. Was... It was it, really their fun last? Fun fact. Huh? It was their last? Because what about Diddy Kong Racing on DS? That was that had Rare all over it. Well, that's a port, and Rare was still allowed to... Because Microsoft didn't have handhelds, Okay. they were still allowed to port old IPs mm. onto the handhelds. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Did you know this game was released one, literally one day before Microsoft announced their partnership with Rare? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because they were being bought. It's pretty good, wild. Good timing. Yeah. Hey, I want to disagree that they didn't make any good games. Viva uh, Pinata. Yeah. That's okay. A good sure. Game. Okay. Yeah. All right. That that's a game. Okay. It's a game. Yeah. All right. I, I can't believe I was proven wrong so quickly. Wow. So quickly. <laughs> Uh, you must not know about Cameo Elements of Power. Thank you. Is that a Connect title? No, that is a 360 title. Oh. Okay. Yeah. If you say so. Perfect Dark Zero. So, I actually played this one as a blockbuster rental way back around the time it was released. Ah. And beat it. Oh. And... I have a confession to make. I kind of like this one. Ew. I know, heresy. <laughs> Ew. I mean, it's. I know it's no Zelda Wind Waker, but it's definitely it's Zelda. fairly fun. I mean, just call it a guilty pleasure, I guess. Mm. I mean, you could argue that makes it more infuriating because if Rare had been allowed to continue making it as Dinosaur Planet, they could have had a really cool new IP on, on their hands. I agree with that actually because i was very much not feeling this game at first i thought again it was kind of boring i didn't really know where to go i thought the game lacked a lot of direction but as soon as you kind of figure out oh okay i need the staff upgrades this is how it works i thought the, the targeting system was very aggravating at times but yeah yeah uh 
if the I was not a fan of the whole dinosaur talk for a good thirty minutes oh, of the yeah. game opening. That was very so, bizarre. It's like, right, it's a dinosaur planet. General scales. <laughs> That's yeah, literally what uh, it sounds like. Yep. I I was very thrown off. Uh, that kind of took me out of it for a good chunk. Uh, but the more I played of it, I was like, man, this is this is the thought I was going through. Because of course this game has a reputation of it's it's not Star Fox. They fucked up. I can't believe they did this to Star Fox. When I kind of feel the other way around. I can't believe they did this to Dinosaur Planet. Yeah, yeah. Because if this didn't have the Star Fox skins, I would like this game so much more. See, because then I would. I don't think it was just feel more. Well, no, they had to rework a lot of a lot of the game to go with the Star Fox canon and everything, and rework the characters. I think. But what I'm saying is, if they would have kept those original characters and kept that story. Of di- you know, kept it Dinosaur Planet as opposed to making it Star Fox Adventures. I think this would have been a smash hit. I uh, disagree. Would it have sold as well without the Star Fox? That's probably uh, where it probably no. But the thing is, this is straight up a Zelda clone. So I I think everyone would have played it and gone, "Yep, that wants to be Zelda real bad." And like now we just have yeah. like it could have either been a bad Zelda clone or now it's a bad Star Fox game wanting to be a Zelda clone. And the whole time I was playing, I was like, "There's other good games on GameCube like Zelda I could play. I'm gonna do that." And I wouldn't say it's a bad Zelda clone though. I I would. I wouldn't say it's bad. I just think because I after I got done playing, I looked at a, a let's play later in the game, and it looks like they spliced in Star Fox and shoehorned in some of the game. Because at one point you're flying one of the dinosaurs and you're starting to shoot blasters. Where did the dinosaur get the blasters? It doesn't make Don't sense. Ask questions. And then later you're actually why, in a spaceship Joey, and you're fighting would... in space. Why is that even in the game? Reasons. If they would have actually spent time and fixed up some of the things, this game would be a whole lot better instead of just shoehorning uh, Fox in. But, well, that, well, that's exactly it. They Rare was pressed for time. So that's why like the later half of the game just feels so rushed yeah yeah because yeah, they were a... being bought and their contract was up at said date so they had to finish the game otherwise it was gone yeah yeah there's a nitro rad video about it honestly it would have been fine if it was canceled they don't find it memorable other than it's a meme now well yeah i mean star fox talking talking uh, this this was bizarre so, you have Fox McCloud talking to a downed Triceratop, like, straight out of Jurassic Park. And the Triceratops, like, dying, <laughs> or whatever, talking dinosaur, but Fox McCloud doesn't speak dinosaur. They have it in the game where Slippy must translate to Fox through the intercom <laughs> of what's happening. So, Fox is staring at this Triceratop, talk- talking the dinosaurian speak and he even has this confused look he's like all right you done talking yet <laughs> rolls his eyes and then he goes all right slippy what the fuck they'd say you know it's like oh his child was stolen go save it got it <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, what what is happening it's a really good sign well, when your in-game characters even know this game sucks yeah it was it's like man <laughs> I think I think that was a quip at the from the rare developers like you made you made us change this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's a lot like Donkey Kong Country 2, where they made Donkey Kong <laughs> the damsel in distress. <laughs> to, to, to Has a big fuck you to Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yeah. Alright, uh, Colin, what else you gotta say over Star Fox? I mean, it goes for $11. It's not expensive or anything. Uh, you guys pretty much nailed everything else I was gonna say, although I will... I will point out the uh, the stock sound effects. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like with the fire blaster, you ha- it uses the ex- the same sound effect as the uh, the Kako demons from Doom One and Two firing their energy balls, and the, those small winged enemies in the first section, <laughs> that that laugh they have, I swear I've heard somewhere else before. It does use a lot of generic sound effects. So you're probably right. And then you know I'm... what the combat made made me uh, reminded me of uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, I was gonna point that out because both Cause games you use a staff. Yeah, you're attacking with the staff. It has the same kind of uh, ending combo attack, where it's the forward jump slash, and then the the enemy when it dies, it goes in that slow motion epic kind of uh, sparkly destruction mode. You're like, yeah, satisfying. I killed, I killed a dinosaur. <laughs> wow, I helped yeah, extinction. That, that's the thing about the combat in this game. It's it's really boring. It's just, you're just tapping the same button over and over again until the enemy dies. Yeah, the combat. So, was well, I mean, you could use the blaster. Combat's boring. good, but it's it's still not a very deep combat system. Yeah. it's very inhumane to shoot dinosaurs. Everyone knows that. God, that, come at me, Kevin. Oh no. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> but at least we did get some R-Wing sections to keep the connection with the Star Fox series at least somewhat intact. But that those those sections felt very basic and uninteresting. Uninter- it looked good, but I felt like they were just there as a token effort. You know what they felt what those sections felt like? Is that the uh Kingdom Hearts gummy ship. Boo! <laughs> Nah, these were done better. A little better. I mean, it wasn't as good as the Ratchet and Clank in-between-planet sections that the the later games did, but I was like, man, I do not. Like, how much of a miss is it for you to have a Star Fox game and you don't like or are into the space battles, <laughs> battleship <Yeah>. sections? <laughs> <laughs> I did like the music in those sections, though, and a few of the other sections. I mean, it, it had a decent soundtrack overall. Although, <laughs> did anybody else laugh when uh, Sonic... Or no, ah, Sonic. I say Sonic. <laughs> because this game's a furry game, that's why. <laughs> when uh, Fox is out... Oh my god, up. Crystal? Jesus, those those, tit- those damn titties are out right at, right at the start. <laughs> and I, I was going to say, uh, Fox goes to... <laughs> sees Crystal in person for the first time, stuck inside that prison crystal. And then there's this porno sax go up playing in the background <laughs> it was hilarious speaking of crystal hey can we just melt this ice how long till she wakes up it's like whoa fox dude <laughs> let's get this going guys i hate that they had oh, to boy. also shoehorn crystal into another star fox game because this game existed uh command on ds so like now she's sure like did. now she's like canon and i'm like oh fuck I mean, she is a fox creature. So uh, sure, maybe. 
I don't care though. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I didn't. I did hate this game. It was lacking a lot of areas. Uh, it just kind of made me sad that two IPs were kind of thrown together to not make a good game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, despite me trying to get into it, I'm still gonna fail it. It just really had me thinking of quite a few things of the game. The game clocks in around 17 hours, so it's a long experience. Yeah, I'm, maybe too long. I'm gonna give this a ver- another very very soft pass. You are too nice. I'm a soft yeah, pass I, too. I, like I said, this is just a guilty pleasure for me. I'd slightly enjoyed it enough to pass it, so. Good, I'm not alone this time. <laughs> Kevin, your game. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, um, but there's this game, Super Mario Bros. 2, right? And at one point, it was called Doki Doki Panic. Did you guys know that? Oh, no. I did not. Whoa, crazy. Never right? heard of it before. Uh, even though it was developed and published by Nintendo, released September 1st, 1988. Um, I was going to just start off by saying it's Super Mario Brothers, but it's not. Um, upon playing this as a kid, this game creeped me out. Like the first time I ever played it, because I had the All-Stars version. And like something about the music was just like, it seemed super off. Like I knew what Mario Brothers was, obviously, but like just something about the music seemed super off. I couldn't jump on enemies. And, like, I, I probably as a kid never really got past, like, the second level. Because I was like, this just isn't fun. And uh, when I got a Game Boy Advance as a... I don't know how old I was. But I played Super Mario Advance and Mario Brothers 2 was on there. And I just... Still, the same thing. It's just something about it just doesn't feel right. And it could completely be that, like, it's a Mario game without, you know, being able to jump on enemies. But, like, Mario 64, you could punch enemies. So, like, it's not abnormal for Mario to go off script but I just I find this game really boring like I just I don't find any of the environments or the music or the platforming very good um everything feels slippery which in a Mario game it's like pretty tight overall like Mario has a little bit of momentum when he runs but like everything in this game constantly feels on ice and it kind of makes the platforming bad and then, so you're like, okay, well, these these four characters have different attributes. Mario's your all-around guy, but he feels like everything's on ice. So he plays Luigi, who jumps higher. But then I just, I can't control... He also him. kicks his feet as he as he uh, jumps three times right, the height. as if he was on ice in air, and I still can't, like, land in straight. So then I play as Peach, who floats, and then as I float and land, it still feels like she's sliding everywhere. And then you play as Toad, who's handsome. He's not even having sleeves, because he's so cool. Um, he's fine. <laughs> Um, but just, I was bored and it just came down to every level. Get to the end, fight Birdo. Maybe she spits fireballs this time or he, depending on what lore you go by, go in the Eagle mouth, do it again. And I was just like, I don't like this. <laughs> just, I just don't, it's, you can beat the game in 15 minutes. You can. And guess what? You could probably do anything else in 15 minutes. Like it's, I know there's people who, who live the hipster life, and they go, oh, people just hate it because it's, like, the different Mario, but actually, it's got superior... I don't give a fuck, dude. It's just boring. Like, I don't... I, I went into it with high hopes. I'm like, I'm an adult now. I get it. I know it's not there, but, like, I just... I'm bored. 
Well, who was your go-to character? Did Toad. You just Toad's, Toad's handsome. All of them? Why would I pick anybody but Toad? You see that? He... See, I don't, I don't like playing as Toad because he, it feels like his jump is so much shorter and he moves quicker just a little bit and that little bit made a big difference in life or death for me. So I was I was always uh, Peach as a kid, and as I played this game for the podcast this time around, I found myself sticking to Luigi because he could kind of float down from his jump, and you can you can then uh, land more specifically uh, on top of enemies, and then the the big mechanic here is you land on top of an enemy or pull a turnip up from the ground uh, with the B button. And I think it's the B button. It's the B button. And yeah, and then uh, you pull it over your head, and you can throw it. And sometimes a turn up uh, will reveal a door. And if you get the door mechanic, uh, there's I think level one, five, and seven. Uh, five you is the I I could easily have these stages wrong. I'm going off the top of my head here. Uh, five has the whale tail uh, that you land next to, and that'll reveal the door to to warp you to seven, and that'll get you to the basically the end of the game. That's so. kind of how the first Mario is. You can go from yeah. the first to the end and beat it in like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, with the the whole flute and warping. Yeah. But uh, in, in this one, it was more arbitrarily hidden. Like, you just had to go to the specifically right whale in the specific right spot. So I'm like, ah, I don't know if I like that part. Because at least in Mario 3 with the flute, uh, Mar- the very first Mario taught you to jump above the screen, and that'll get you to warp zones. Yeah. Well, it wasn't in, it wasn't in this one. Uh, I feel you, Kevin. The game felt even a little bit samey after two levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of why, yeah, I, I'm 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 with you a little bit on the game gets bored a little little bit quick, especially after you face Birdo like three times. You're like, man, how many times am I gonna destroy this fucking thing? <laughs> he he she whatever it may be. To be fair, whatever the, whatever the first game had the same boss at the end of every world too. Yeah, but it was actually a Goomba in disguise, and also those fights were fun. And if you didn't want to fight Bowser or the Firefly, you literally just had to go yeet over an axe, and then there you go, level beat. <laughs> like, the only real hard Bowser fight was the last one. Well, the hard Birdo fight is definitely when you have to move blocks around and uh, avoid the fire as as eggs are coming at you at the same time. You always have to jump at the, the specifically right time to land on the egg so you can pull it up and use it as the ammunition. So at least there's a challenge behind that. Uh, is it fun? That's up to your interpretation. This kind of falls into that Star Fox Adventures category of if the skin wasn't there, if if the Mario Brothers or the Star Fox moniker wasn't there, would Dinosaur Planet, in this case Doki Doki Panic, sell as well? In this case, definitely not. <laughs> no. Without Mario on there, there's no way Doki Doki would have sold in the West. No way. I just... I. I don't know. The the thing is, like, I feel like people make themselves like this game more because it's a Mario game, technically. But I, very few people go, "This is my favorite Mario." Well, that's the, that's the thing. Like, I don't hate 
Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2 at all. I do have fun with it. Uh, it it does falter, you know, as I as I'm playing it, you know, uh, but it's definitely not. Man, what Mario game do I want to play? This is probably like among the last. Right. It's not my. It's never going to be my first Mario game I want to play. It's not even the first one on the NES I want to play. No. <laughs> so I I actually just didn't like it. Like I don't think I'll ever voluntarily play this game again. Right, that's so, that's what I'm saying too. Like, even though I don't hate it, I'm never gonna be like Mario two anybody. Like, yeah, just, no. Yeah, I didn't hate it either, but I probably won't go back to it. What is with the second games in series on the NES? Uh, where they have to divert so hard. Experiment. Video games were still like new again. They had to be like, okay, we did that. They want something new. Like we were still figuring it out. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it, maybe they think people wanted the same Mario. thing. They're like, let's let's get people back, but not give them the same game. But turns out, we kind of want the same game. Mm. <laughs> turns out, eh? <laughs> uh, anybody have like a hated level or a level they did like? All the ice levels. Because again, yeah. you hated you hated the ice. They're already flippy. Oh, and any level where I had to get that bird off the flying carpet and then ride it for half a level is like, wow, oh, gameplay. Yeah. Ooh. That took me so many tries. It was annoying. So I don't know. The, the first time you had to do it, you had to be like at a very specific spot to be able to get to a high up ledge in order to actually advance. Yeah. So that that really well. That's where Luigi comes in. <laughs> Luigi comes in solves a lot of Mario Brothers two problems. Yeah, by <laughs> just being green Mario. Good job. Yeah. Well, uh, le- uh, level to level, the whole game pretty much takes three hours. So it's not horribly long. You can definitely beat it in an afternoon. Uh, I did not beat it. I just kind of played an hour through it and got a good chunk of the way through. And I was like, okay, I think I'm good with Mario 2. <laughs> yeah, I had to save scum a lot. Ooh, we'll get the save scumming. <laughs> I, I save scum not because of difficulty, just because I want it to be over. Hmm. Oh, and by the way, it was all a dream. Yeah. It was all a dream. Good, because I wouldn't want to live through this for real. This is actually the most expensive game out of our five we picked for the cast. Nintendo Tax. At $15. Gotta pay Nintendo Tax. (laughs) Star Fox on the GameCube wasn't that that expensive. Yeah, but they were paying Nintendo Tax because uh, the game's bad. And then it was like, oh, if it's $1, we gotta gotta tax this, guys. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna pull the Joey, pull the Colin, pull the Kevin. It gets a soft pass from me. Uh, it's mm. definitely not Same. the worst game on the list. <laughs> I'm giving it, it. So- the softest of passes. I'm like, gonna fail it. Yeah, mm. it got a 65.1. If 65 is failing, it is failing. Yeah, so, <laughs> all right. Well, I tried to curve your grade, but uh, you know. No, 65 is indeed a fail. Yeah, and I'm giving it a 65.1. Yeah, so you know, anything below a 70 out of 100 is a is an F. Okay, 70.1, whatever. <laughs> okay. All right, now we're on my pick. Oh, boy. Yep. So... I'm going to pee. We've done... Uh, Alex, we've done Alex Kidd in the past. Okay. Uh, let's see, we've done Alex Kidd in Miracle World. 
before. We haven't done any of the other offshoots, so this is a black sheep of the Alex Kidd franchise because Alex Kidd, uh, for the Master System, uh, not only was Alex Kidd the kind of de facto mascot of the, of its time, but every Alex Kidd game was kind of this weird offshoot with a totally different theme of the previous Alex Kidd game. So Miracle World's kind of this uh, scrolling platformer. Uh, Lost Stars was a side-scrolling platformer. Uh, then there's like High Tech World, where it's kind of this adventure, uh, horrid uh, detective game, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. It's very strange. Uh, this one, Alex Kidd and the Enchanted Castle, uh, was the first and last game on the Genesis. Um, it's the only sequel to any other Alex Kidd game. Uh, th this goes by the alias Miracle World 2. And this is the one that... Uh, they did make one last Alex Kidd game called Shinobi World, which I've never played, but <laughs> they released that on the Sega Master System in 1990. So that should give you an idea of what it is. But this game, Enchanted Castle, essentially killed Alex Kidd the mascot. Uh, I, uh... Yeah. So the game goes for about 10 bucks. Uh, I played this via the Genesis Collection on the PS3. That's how I played this one. Uh, developed, published by Sega. Released February 10th, 1989. So almost a year to the date after my birth. <laughs> Happy birthday, nerd. Uh, yeah. This game clocks in about an hour. Uh, I beat it in like 48 minutes, I think was the time. Uh, it's very short. Uh, it's... Basically, kind of Miracle World, but it's so much more bare bones basic to it all. It sticks with the rock, paper, scissors mechanics uh, for boss fights, as in there's only like two of them in the entire game. Mm -hmm. uh, so you do rock, paper, scissors in all the stores. And there's actually a pattern to it where you do uh, rock, scissors, paper. So if you go into each store, you can basically get that pattern, right? And on the, and beat them on the first try each time. <laughs> so my first playthrough, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. It was just kind of a theory I had, and it worked out. And even if you lose one time, you can just play again and pick the same thing, and you'll generally win immediately the second time. Because the computer will never choose the same thing twice, and it's usually the 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 one that uh, will lose to the first one you chose. Hmm. So that's how that works out. Um, so yes, it has a lot of the same mechanics as the Alex, Alex Kid games, but because it's a sequel, it kept the stores where you have your items. It's a one-hit kill system. Uh, if you get the power ring. So your very first screen, you just kill every enemy, get your money, get the power ring. And that gives you a punch with kind of uh, a wave that extends out. And once you get that wave, as long as you're not stupid in your jumping, uh, you'll just blast through the game without even an issue. Okay? And if you lose that power ring, there are stores later in the game where you can just get it back right away. Or find uh, a block with the ring in there. So you get your... And the game is a plenty with extra lives 
Uh, so it's very, very um, lenient in that regard. Uh, so there's only about four or five levels. Uh, the fourth, le- the f- quote-unquote fourth level of the game is a rehash of the first one, basically, with all the stores back. So you can load up on your items uh, from the money you've collected and go to the last stage, which is the only fun... I, I would say it's the only, like, really fun, challenging level in the entire game. Uh... Because oh, it kind of encourages you to use the pogo stick, uh, the um, the pedal copter, the it gets you to think about all those items that you've had uh, throughout the game. So the you would think as a Genesis title, they would have upped a lot of things, maybe gone through with Alex Kid as a bigger and better character. Uh, but for some reason, they just didn't really try in this game, and I couldn't find any concrete reason why they went about this the way they did. Uh, what, did what did what did everyone else think of Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle? I felt like in this game, this was the real 2D platformer that felt like everything was on ice. Hmm. I mean, yes, Alex Kidd is perpetually always slipping. Yeah, that was a big problem for me in the in the final the final castle level because there were multiple times where you're going through an opening to the next screen and then as soon as you're in there you realize you're only on one single square of floor to stand on but then you're still sliding you only have a fraction of a second to react and if you don't you end up sliding into like a lava pit and that killed me so many times yeah I had to save state the shit out of this game. Yeah, they there's a lot of that in the first Miracle World, uh, where there's just trial and error, cheap deaths. Uh, they definitely went the route of a lot less in this one, but there's still at least three instances in that final castle where, where new screen, there's a spike, you're dead. <laughs> Which is unacceptable in any game. I don't, I don't care if... Oh, you just got a trial and error. It. No. That that's a cheap death. It's there to eat a quarter, basically. Uh-huh. And that's it. And I found the helicopter stage was a real workout for my right thumb cuz you got to hammer <laughs> You got to hammer on the jump button the whole time to stay airborne. That was dumb. And once it was over, I felt it in my entire arm. It's good to I just this. prefer to just screw that and just go in the water because there's more money you can get down there anyways <laughs> but really what that what what the game's trying to encourage you to do is use the unique item in that case of stage two I believe is what we're talking about here uh, you get the copter you're supposed to get as much money as you can without running into any of the red blocks because if you do that that breaks your item and if you die with an item equipped you lose that item so oh, if yeah. you come to a section where you might have a little trouble, as long as you just unequipped said item right then and there, then when you respawn, uh, you will have your you will still have your all your items. So at least that part I really like to kind of develop some sort of strategy. But yeah, essentially it encourages you to use the item and then go about the the rest of the level without the item, so you can collect the money. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's very bare bones and simplistic to it. Um, 
very I, I was extremely disappointed the game has bad reviews and i it's basically because of everything we've mentioned it's there's just nothing to it it's very slippery even more slippery than the other alex kid games unfortunately I know. uh yeah this and i can totally see why this kind of killed all aspirations and aspects of alex kid not only being a mascot but any future games cuz we see the wonder boy series uh, kind of having a, a small little cult resurgence uh, with, within Sega. And then there's Alex Kidd here, who's just kind of this forgotten franchise. It's very sad, uh, especially when Lost Stars and a couple other games of the Alex Kidd series are generally a lot of fun. Uh, this is not one of them. I easily fail this. This is a heavy disappointment. Yeah, there were, there were a few things I liked. Like, I liked all the different items you can get. I... I liked how the visuals were. I mean, there was some parallaxing at play in some levels, which kind of added some depth to it. And I, I did find it amusing how in the forest level, the enemies are a bunch of chibi Jason Voorheeses as lumberjacks. <laughs> yeah, Wampaku Graffiti, which we played. Yeah, I was wondering if one of the developers for that game was working on this one. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look into that, but yeah, I definitely was like, man. Where'd, uh, where'd, where'd Jason Voorhees come from here? <laughs> and the ending was really weird in that there's a big twist that Alex's dad was not a prisoner, but the final boss was in fact his servant, and he was living happily. <laughs> so. Oh my god, the story. Yeah. This is a story. So his, oh god, okay. So his, Alex Kidd's brother is king of the land, of the planet land, whatever. <laughs> and... It's presumed that their dad is dead. Hmm. Okay, and then and then just it just goes. But then Alex found out his dad was actually alive, and he was prisoner on this other planet. Off we go. <laughs> then he goes. Everything's of course trying to kill him. And then he gets there, and he and it just goes. Oh hi son, how you doing? No no no, no. I'm king here too. <laughs> this is all planned. And Alex is like, oh, I'm glad to see you. And they hugged. And both both planets are now friends. I feel like they uh <laughs> they had the they had a big plot and like this is still the time when uh video games were kids toys so they're like yo you can't do that you gotta fix that so <laughs> I'm I'm like dude you just you knew your kid was here I guess and the final boss was trying to murder him and you're just like no 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 he serves me like are you telling me that you were trying to murder your child I was testing time? you my son. <laughs> <laughs> you passed the trial don't tell your mother yeah me and the servant here are getting along real good if you know what i mean yeah yeah i gotta fail this one i was so disappointed in this i i really didn't want to believe you know what i read and it, it's such a hard fail hmm. i'm very yeah. disappointed because i'm an i'm an alex kid fan i really am oh that's one and this was a huge miss. Huge miss. Yeah. I didn't like a single thing about this game. It, it, it Go was on. terrible. I hated the sound. I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the gameplay. I don't know. There's nothing in this game. I'm definitely failing this. Yeah. Aw. The whole time. Well, it's it's a ma it's a Master System game that they put on the Genesis, <laughs> basically. Wow, that makes me. And it just doesn't more. work. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't work. No. Too bad. It's alright, you uh, tried. Uh, just don't again. And they didn't. <laughs> no, they did not. 
All right. Oh, Joey. Your, your, the last game of the cast and your game. Tomb Raider. Oh, boy. Angel of Darkness. Hey, Joey, uh, can we have a quick uh, quick discussion before we start this? What the fuck? You know, uh, <laughs> JD asked if I wanted to pick this game, and I did, so uh, blame it on him. This is kind of his yeah. pick. It <laughs> <laughs> is not my pick. <laughs> it is your pick, Joey. Uh, so it's... Uh, blame it on me. I'm the one who made everybody remember it exists. <laughs> it's on uh, PS2, but I played on Steam since JD graciously bought it for me. Um I sure did. It was my gift to you, oh. Joey. I'm so happy you were able to experience Angel of Darkness. What a gift it was. I got it for a dollar on GOG. <laughs> it was 97 cents on Steam. <laughs> what a Close game I spent I was, good I'm paying Canadian dollars. <laughs> I think JD's a bad person, guys. I think so, too. <laughs> so this was developed by Core Design and published by, is that Eidos Interactive? I guess yeah. they, they got bought out by Square Enix. Whatever. They're they're terrible. Um, it came out in <laughs> 2003, and it's just a really bad game. I played like 20 minutes of it, couldn't get out of the back alley because it annoyed me. The camera angles are terrible, so I tried getting all the mods that quote-unquote fix the game, but they didn't really do anything to really fix the game. It was still terrible. And why is Lara Croft like 66% legs? Her, her body proportions uh, are so off, it's, it's are, weird. Are you not into that? No, I mean I like. I'm sorry, Kevin, I got no. I like that. A normal <laughs> proportioned women, you know, that actually have like a stomach and like you know, an new upper Lara body. Croft. You know, someone that looks normal, not like legs that are all the way up to the neck kind of thing. It's just weird looking. Like new Lara Croft, you're into that? Sure. Alrighty. <laughs> it this game just bad. It's just bad and. I don't know how you played so much of it, JD. Uh, yeah. Oh, before I go on my tangent of explaining why Angel of Darkness is so great, <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to hear what Kevin and Colin have to I say have about it. Said before the cast because I lived through you vicariously, and I already knew what this is about. I didn't feel the need to continue. So you know what? Mm. That's it, and I'm good. And I, you know what? I feel like I made the right choice after hearing everything you did. Everything. Joey heard Joey I, I was texting Joey as I got to uh the end sections of the game. I'm sorry to hear Joey. Of of that experience I well, was luckily having. the game crashed for him so he couldn't complete it. Oh good. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh no, I did finish it. Uh, I was gonna say I thought you did. Oh, I finished it. But we'll get we'll get to the crash part Who hurt a you? little later. Who hurt you, JD? What'd you <laughs> think, Colin? Of Angel of the Darkness? <laughs> Slow and tedious is the best way I can describe this game. Mm, yes, slow and tedious. It really tests your patience. Yeah, I, I of the did common not, man. I did not get past the Paris section. There are just too many fetch quests. Too much, too much shit going on. Fetch quests. There was two. Too many. <laughs> yeah, that is too many. <laughs> That's not what Tomb Raider is supposed to be. Escort Tomb missions? Any escort to... missions? No, uh, there's no well, escort this missions in the bullshit. game. Tomb Raider is supposed to be about exploration, environment traversal, and shooting enemies, not fetching shit from nightclubs with big racks of flashing yeah. lights going off. Big of racks. Yeah, big racks. Yeah. Oh, there was yeah. there was definitely big racks. Yeah. You get those boob physics down, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, important wow. question: Could you lock the butler in the in the freezer in this game? There was no butler. Oh, well, this game sucks. 
There was no and butler to lock. This game sucks. The game is very non-straightforward. Oh, I disagree, actually, with that. I completely. do want to say that dog that's in the first area, I thought it was just barking at me, but apparently it was close enough and it killed me. I was so confused. <laughs> it wasn't making any attacking like gestures, but then all of a sudden I died. I was like, okay, died by barking. Well, it's funny you mention that. The Steam version of Angel of Darkness here, uh, the dog is actually glitched out a good 9 out of 10 times you'll play where oh, it won't move and it's stuck in a still still position. <laughs> yeah. That's the very first sequence of the game. The little tutorial level, you one might call it. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I'm I never just, made it I'm past being, it. So why why the hell is there a stamina meter? That is highly unnecessary and stupid. Not uh, does not belong in Tomb Raider. Do you not get elements tired? And RPG elements? Fuck those. Do you not get tired while reading tombs? Because that's realism, sir. No, Lara well, one Croft... would have to get to the tomb section in order to are read. Are there tombs in this game? <laughs> yeah. There are. Yes, there are. I mean, but you have to get past Paris first. I mean, like, so there's you know, no tombs. Any, anything could be a tomb if you think about it. You know. Oh, yeah, there is a graveyard with mausoleums. Yeah. So see. See. You know. There's tombs. They're there's... just very, very small. Oh, it's like shrines in Zelda. Really, this is the next Breath of the Wild, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the game clocks in around 15 hours, according to how long to beat. It took me 19 Great. <laughs> to beat this game. And Sorry you hate so yourself, there, dude. Yeah, well, yeah I, I so the, the, the story behind core design, and this is, this is actually a, a pretty sad story in how everything went down. Yeah, you played it, we know. Uh, because as I started playing, I, I started playing the PS2 version, and uh, just because it took so much longer for it to load, I then played the Steam version because then I could uh, much more quickly save scum and because uh, at least this game has the save scum ability inherently natural to you it. Played two versions of this game. Yeah, I did. Why do you hate yourself? Because the Steam version was so much faster and easier. It wanted to end uh, your suffering quicker. <laughs> <laughs> and it was 97 cents. I'm like, I, I eventually have to install the mods and the, uh, the the control mod to make it easier. Who, it is a little better. Who made mods for this game? Who bothered? Lots of people. It has a huge following because it's Tomb Raider. Oh, boy. I don't. I hate people. So the story of core design, uh, I read n a number of articles uh, over this. So the original six core design people that made the first two Tomb Raider games, they were essentially done with Tomb Raider after that. And Tomb Raider became so heavily popular, as we know from the 90s magazine, Sex Symbol, yeah. this and that. I mean, yeah, uh, yes. and, it, and it made an ungodly amount of money that Eidos, the publisher, goes, keep pumping out games, right? <laughs> so the first five games... Uh, came out annually. So the Assassin's Creed situation, right? Uh, but after the first two, that fir that orig the original six people were done with Tomb Raider. They wanted to make something else. Uh, and their idea was to start from there, start making the PS2 game, right? They weren't allowed to do that. So they were put on different projects. So this new team came in and made three, four, and five. And of course, after the second game that this new team made, going into 5, they were burnt out and done, and that showed in the product of Chronicles, right? 
all sounds all well and good, but now you have two teams that are totally burned out from the Tomb Raider franchise. This third team came in uh, in a five-year development cycle trying to make Angel of Darkness into this kind of GTA thing, right? Grand Theft Auto. Because the whole idea behind the Paris level was this huge interactive environment and world. and uh, aye, aye, aye. What happened was they got the dev kit for the PS2 early because Tomb Raider was just so ungodly popular, right? Mm. Always critically acclaimed until the fifth one, which still got good reviews, but it, you know, it re- universally kind of, ah, it's very samey now, right? Mm-hmm. Every franchise, when you pump game over game will eventually have that uh so the members of the original six and various members of that second team all came into the angel of darkness team so now you have just a hundred (laughs) people working on this one game and these new people that came in whom have worked on to date five tomb raider games looked at how far they'd come and what their ideas were and they go you guys are fucked because wow. <laughs> all their ideas were bad. Like, the ideas were there, but every time they tried to execute something, it was not going to work. Uh, They're pretty much making a PS1 game on a PS2 game. Or on a, P- on a PS2. They're making a PS1 game with PS1 controls on a PS2. Because it doesn't use the right analog stick at all for camera work and any of that. The camera still turns with Lara. Uh, and they messed with the controls uh so they added the stamina meter they wanted whole rpg elements to it uh which were totally scrapped um because it it would just it was too much that they were trying to do with the game so they scrapped so much and changed the controls to now make the game work so that's why the controls are as bad as they are because they were trying to make it work within the environment. So it was kind of a last-ditch effort to save the save the game. Okay? Oh, boy. So they took away the back step. Uh, they added the stamina meter. Now you have to find various, like, doors or blocks uh, before you can move on to a different... Like, the game's more or less linear in its platforming. But occasionally... Uh, so let's say you're in the nightclub. You can't open this door, and Laura will go, I'm not strong enough yet, okay? <laughs> so then you turn left, and you go to a bridge, and you kick it down. Now she goes, I feel stronger. Now you can go and progress through the rest rest of that section, because now you can bust the door. I mean, you, guys don't have stronger. you guys don't go kick down bridges before stupid. you open doors? I mean, I do it on a daily basis. It's how I work out. I get stronger that way. <laughs> or do you get stronger or do you feel stronger? I feel stronger. Okay, well that means you can do it. I, 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 can know, I, can, I can't uh, confirm nor deny if I actually do get stronger. Well, if you feel it, I mean you are, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of mechanics in this game uh, that are just kind of shoehorned in uh, for the rest of the game to work. If this game didn't have the save scum option, it would be unplayable. Hmm. Like, absolutely atrociously unplayable. Because let's say, hypothetically, that it had kind of the the save system of the first couple Tomb Raiders, or the first one specifically, where you have to find the little blue diamond, and that'll save your progress, and then if you die, you go back to the blue diamond. In this one, anytime you 
came to a crazy jump that you had to make, uh, you would save scum, right? Just like, let me save this before I make this jump. Oh, I fell. Load. Oh, I fell. Load. Oh, I fell. Load. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a death counter in this game. I really do. Because I died a lot. (laughs) So, um, the guys at Core Design, when they finally completed Angel of Darkness, it finally, you know, the game came out. The whole idea was it was going to be a trilogy of this fantastical story. Uh, The game got torched in reviews, as it deserves. All right. However, it still sold very well. It sold over like two and a half million copies. That's too many. It's not the worst Tomb Raider uh, that's made money. That goes to the Anniversary Edition, and then Legend, and... Underworld? Underworld, yes. That one I beat, I remember vaguely. So, core design coming out of Angel of Darkness, we're like, okay, we know how the PS2 works now. We've had, we can now develop a PS2 game, not a PS1 port, basically, on the new technology. Because graphically, the game looks good. But that's it, right? (laughs) It's the graphics of a PS2 game. So Core Design's all anticipating, you know, the new team wants to come back. They they felt like Tomb Raider's been besmirched, one might say. And Eidos, despite success, they just went, fuck off Core Design. You guys are done. They ripped the Tomb Raider license from them and gave it to uh, Crystal Dynamics Mm. in California. Hmm. So while they were making uh, Legend right for later down the road uh the original six of core design were like we gotta save tomb raider you know we so uh, a couple of guys came up with the idea to make the 10th anniversary edition they had a fantastical demo all for the ps2 all kinds of things uh and you can actually look up the demo that they released uh and it's actually way better uh than one could imagine instead of just kind of this reskin of the crystal dynamics engine that they used. Uh, Cause what made the tomb Raider game. So s- s- series so special is every game kind of played off a different engine, you know, kind of like the whole half-life thing where we want to make the next game with the new engine. And except in tomb Raider's case, it's not going to be, you know, the top of the top tier. <laughs> they want to make every game feel different. So the core design guys, made the new made this new demo for the anniversary and it was such a good idea and the guys at Eidos loved it so much they go that's a great idea guys at Crystal Dynamics are going to go do that one <laughs> so Core Design uh, got that ripped out of uh, got the Tomb Raider license ripped out from them and their idea to make a really good anniversary edition so Crystal Dynamics got Tomb Raider which they still have to this day uh with Eidos and uh, Square now, now that they're acquired, and uh, Core Design tried to make a, a couple new, a couple other games uh, because that's what the original six were working on in between, and eventually Core Design, it's gone. Whoa! Just like that, one of the hottest developing companies on the planet of the time, just gone within just a couple years, hmm. and it was more or less because of Eidos forcing them to pump out games. 
it, it was a literal force. And then they get their own license ripped from them. It's 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 a real shame. So I went into Angel of Darkness with a lot of sympathy <laughs> to the studio. And I'm a big Tomb Raider fan. So I felt as a fan I needed the, the sympathy play. And I actually ended up enjoying the game despite its enormous amount of horridness. <laughs> You're sick, man. So, uh, the back step's gone, uh, a lot of control issues, and I think what, like, let's say hypothetically that the controls worked, okay? What let's a, say what hypothetically hypo- what a the controls worked. I, I know, it's a very big hypothetical, but let's say that this gets totally remastered, right? Sure. You know, it looks great, it feels great. Is this is the question I was asking? Is this worth playing from the story and the environmental perspective? Because at the end of the day, Tomb Raider, the game and franchise, is all about exploring the tombs, being in this fantastical environment, and fighting these crazy creatures and unlocking this like supernatural thing that you have to find. By the end of it, I would say, I think it's a miss. I really do. Because I get what they were going for. Laura's uh, experienced five games. They wanted to make the character a bit darker. They put an air of mystery upon it. They wanted to create uh, a more um, complete story through an evil group uh, and this serial killer within Paris called the Monstrum. Right, and could it be Lara is her darker side because she has a, a huge kind of threatening attitude to it all. Uh, Colin, you got to the Paris section, so you experienced Bernard or Pierre, right? The guy in the cafe or the park? Yeah. Okay. The, the cafe. Well, sh- yeah, I went to the cafe as well. I do know the uh, Bernard section as well. Uh, that's the one area where the game splits, so you can you can only talk to one or the other. And they'll give you a task to go to the club uh, to get the little box that each of them want. It's just different dialogue. That's all you get, uh, basically. Um, you you both end up in the garage. You just take a different path in the garage to get into the club. That's all that is. But Lara basically threatens these dudes. It's like, hey, if I get this box and you give me the information to go find this underground mafia type guy, I would hate to have to come back and do a little uh, cleaning up, so to say. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> She's about to murder these guys. Uh, the Paris section has a lot of loads. You go up the stairs, it loads, but it's not as bad as people make that out out to be. Um, there's signs everywhere that says, you know, cafe this way. You just go right there. It's right there. No problem. Uh You once you pass the Paris stage, you get into the museum, the Louvre. You go under the museum, and then uh, that's when you finally get into the tomb section, and that's where the game. It takes a long time, a long time, to finally get to the tomb sections, and from there on, it's all tombs. You're you're raiding tombs for the rest of the game. Uh, where the game gets atrocious. 
is there's a second character, guys, that you have to play as named Curtis. He's this too cool for school, baggy pants wearing guy. Oh, boy. Okay? If you guys think Lara controls like shit, you've not experienced Curtis. Oh, no. This guy is clunkier, less responsive, and you have to have... There's three boss battles in the game. Three. One of which is with Curtis, and it's it could have been the best one. The only one that's really any good, but because you're Curtis, it sucks ass. <laughs> so, Curtis moves like he's in molasses all the time. And even when he kneels down, what he does is he he goes to, he kneels down on his right knee. And then when you want to walk forward, his his legs have to switch to his left left leg forward. So there's a whole extra motion and then he goes. And if you take a wrong turn in the vent, it takes forever. Uh, so imagine playing three whole levels like that. Oh, no. Yeah, is is just the worst. Uh, luckily, he dies at the end in a very stupid hard death, and I laughed. Like, <laughs> How dare you spoil a game we were all looking forward to? How dare you? Yeah, well, um, there's a... When you get... Uh, halfway through the second Curtis stage, uh, you're in this kind of hospital, uh, under underground hospital that do, that they're doing experiments and shit. Uh, you have to go through a door. Now, Joey, this is where I was texting you. This was all during the Curtis section, and uh, I go through this caf this cafeteria door, and it's the only way you can go to progress through the game. The game proceeds to crash every time. And it's a known bug without any fix. If your game you're playing just happens to experience that bug, you won't be able to progress. So I had to go online, find a save file that goes just past that door to continue <laughs> playing. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Awful. It was, I was like, wow, there, there's actually game-breaking bugs in this game crazy um the so uh, a lot of tomb raider games have a section where you have like a uh, a chamber of trials you know the first one has it this one has it um wind water earth fire that's what angel of darkness here has and uh it's <sighs> there's i've seen let's plays of people struggling really hard on at least one of the four trials. Mine was the uh, Breath of Hades, I think, or, or the Fire of Hades, or something on the line. Uh, basically, uh, there's lava everywhere. There's platforms that you have to precision jump. There's platforms that will explode and shoot you into the ceiling. Uh, there's platforms that disappear. It was a hard experience. <laughs> that was halfway through the game. Um, comically, there are a lot of scene changes where Laura will inexplicably change clothes. Like, she'll open a door, costume change. Uh, uh, there'll be a cutscene, and she has totally different clothes on, plus sunglasses. The cutscene will end, and now she's in totally different clothes from when she started the cutscene. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, what's her name? Queen, Am Queen Amidala from, uh, episode one. I remember every scene, new clothes. I was like, how'd you do that? 
<laughs> there and and I was I was then counting at one point like through a whole chapter like how many times Laura changes clothes. She was up to nine at one point, and at the end of it, uh, you have to go through this underwater uh, aquarium type stage, and uh, there's a scene change, and now she's in like a wetsuit, right? We're back, guys. Like, okay, that's that's ten, right? And then when you're done with the aquatic stage and you finally go out, there's a cutscene of her sexually taking off the wetsuit. Like, it, it pans up her legs. It shows her taking the wetsuit off her shoulders. And then she throws it on the ground. You're like, she's naked right now. And then it goes back to her, like, commando gear. And I'm like, where did you get that? <laughs> uh, so my, my noticing the costume changes were at least uh, rewarded with sexual Lara. There's there there is a scene with Curtis where she, he sneaks up behind her and he caresses her very awkwardly and there's a big sexual tension scene. And I'm like this is hilarious on the PS2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like rubbing up against her waist and goes down to her thigh and then takes the gun out and then he puts his hand over her chest reaches down to the other side of the hip takes that gun away no dual no dual guns in this game by the way so there's yeah. a lot missing uh the platforming is uh atrocious and just for this is how I got motivated I want to play all the other tomb raiders now uh cuz I've never played 3 4 and 5 I want to do that now uh it's pretty sad when a Sega Saturn 3D game controls better than a PS2 game of the same franchise. It's so sad when you realize that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, um, boss fight one is the cheapest, most bullshit boss fight I've ever experienced in gaming ever. Okay? You have to look up this boss fight. It's called, it's like the red crystal ghost. Okay. Okay. Uh, the crystal ghost will fly at you. It's unavoidable because Lara in Angel Darkness doesn't have really a dodge mechanic at all. Hey, uh, I, guys, I hate to interrupt. I gotta go. Something came up real, like, emergency-wise. I'm sorry. Okay, just right. give me your, uh, your tier listings, uh, off, off cast. Got it. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Kevin. Same, man. Um, so Red Crystal Ghost... Uh, we'll fly at you, it's unavoidable, and he does basically a whole life bar damage, so it's like a one-hit kill system, okay? All during this, you have to get what they call the Obscura Painting, uh, that's the whole, like, concept of the game, not that it matters, uh, but you have to, there's like six statues in this room, and until you stun the ghost, uh, if you approach the little painting that's the statue's holding... If you don't stun the ghost, every time you approach it, it warps to another statue. The hmm. problem is, you don't know the ghost is stunned. There's no indication that the ghost is ever stunned. Because the combat in this game is ass. Luckily, you don't have to do a whole lot of it. <laughs> so yes, there's a Tomb Raider game without combat. No shooting, really anything throughout the game. Just the occasional like guard that pops up. That's it. Uh, so... I saved Scum the piss out of this so I could line up where the painting was, line up where the ghost is, pull the gun out, spam the fire button, and hope that it stops, 
And so then I could grab the painting and bolt out of there. It took like 40 minutes for me to finally get that right. Just that little sequence of events. That's how bullshit it is. Luckily, I did accidentally find out that if you just duck, the ghost will just fly over you. And that was actually very funny because the final boss fight in the game uh, is you duck and you sit there as the boss just runs around the room over and over again until it, it centers with its doppelgangers and then you just kick it. <laughs> you can do it three times. <laughs> That's the whole final boss fight. You duck, it's firing all its like projectiles and all this shit, but it just goes right over your head. It's very funny. I'm just watching him, and he's like, I'll get you, Lara! And he fires, and you're just you're just in the kneeled position. You're going, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> You'll never escape my wrath! Fires over your head. You're sitting there, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my ultimate attack! Fires. It's really funny. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Red Crystal boss, bullshit. The whole Curtis section is, like, the clunkiest bullshit I've ever experienced. I did beat this game in its completion. It has a, an actual satisfying ending uh, to it all. Uh, Laura's got a sassy attitude. Uh, she kills the evil angel demon thing that was actually undercover this whole time. Uh, the plot actually does make sense, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> and she ends up getting Curtis's, like, sweet little boomerang shuriken thing. She it, And she holds it epically, like this is going to be her new awesome weapon for the next game. That never came, obviously. And she walks down this big dark corridor, and you're like, cool, that's a, that's a pretty cool ending to this shitty controlled game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's an F-tier game that I weirdly like. But yeah, I, I know I rambled on and on of what Angel of Darkness is exactly. Uh, I was very much sympathetic and fascinated with this title and what it means to such a well-known franchise. I hope everyone listening um, found that as fascinating of what this game is. Uh, it is very linear. There's no doubt about that. Like, I never felt stuck at all. Um, I just died platforming the whole time from the controls. That was it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what did you guys uh, score Angel of Darkness? I gave it a fucking F, even though I like it and beat it. F minus. <laughs> it's a fail. Definite fail. I, yeah. I, I could see potential in it, but it doesn't live up to it at all, so definite F. Yeah, I mean, I see everything that they were going for. Everything. Like, it's all there, right? But this is an example of when you have ass controls, just the assiest of ass, you know, I don't know how much more ass these controls could be. Uh, it makes a game unplayable for, like, look at you guys. Like, I, just because I beat the game and I persevered through the assness. <laughs> like, Joey, you lasted, what, 20 minutes, barely making it out of the tutorial? I didn't even make it out of the tutorial. And Colin, you did you even make it out of the uh, nightclub? Yeah, and I made it to Bouchard's hideout, but after that, I just kind of, I just, well, I couldn't figure the way out of the hideout, so I was just like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Oh, um, 
you go into a yeah for some reason uh bouchard's door is locked and he won't let you out (laughs) and it turns out you have to go into the cage in the back left or the cell in the back left uh move a block and it's just up above that's it pull the switch and the door opens it's 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 never the thing about the thing that i do appreciate about angel of darkness is all of these puzzles are never like not there right because there's always a block there's always a, a to me at least it was a, there was always an obvious block that uh, you pull and then you and then you just kind of look up uh, and there's there's a switch or something. Uh, the first, like all the Tomb Raiders are kind of like that. So at least they kept the simplicity there. Uh, the stamina meter was incredibly like why there's no point to it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. ex- th- there's just one specific section in a. Uh, big crypt area where uh, you have to traverse along this like upside down rock wall and uh, you can't progress until you get this one uh, upgrade right Uh, so you can progress the rest of that stamina wall right Uh, I guess it I guess there's a couple more instances of it but that was the most most telling um, was that particular one? So my butt's yep. numb. Your butt's numb. Yeah. yeah, we've been we've been here a little while. Me talking about Angel of Darkness. Uh, you both give them Fs. Yeah, yeah. You, you both give easy, it Fs. Easy, yeah, easy fail. Yeah, it's um, it's easily the worst game we played on the list. Uh, I w- yeah, out of the five, like I. Obviously, I played Tomb Raider Angel Darkness the most, uh, but as for what I think the best game is, I hate to say it, is Star Fox Adventures, and the worst <laughs> game is easily Angel of Darkness. What about you guys? I agree with you, but I don't hate to say it. I think Star Fox is an okay game, and that's just sucks that that's the best game we played. Yeah. Same opinion. Star Fox best, Tomb Raider worst. Yeah. I'm I'm really of the mind that if core design like kept with the Tomb Raider franchise, that the game that came that would have come after Angel Darkness would have been way better than say Legend or Underworld. So, <laughs> um, Doom Three I give a C, Star Fox Adventures I give a C, Mario Brothers Two I give a C, Alex Kidd and the Enchanted Castle I give a D, and Tomb Raider Angel Darkness is. Uh, the I think the first game I've v- just totally failed with flying colors that I found enjoyment in just of my own sympathetic assness. <laughs> yeah, Doom Three gets a C, although as a Doom game, it's def a definite D. Oh, um, so do you want to give it a D then? Because that's fine. Uh, as a standalone game, it's a C. It's okay, just compared All right. to. The other dooms, it's it doesn't live up. And Star Fox gets a, a C on the higher end. Mm-hmm. Mario Bros gets a C. Alex Kidd gets a a D, and Tomb Raider an F. So it's basically the same opinion as you. That is the exact same, yeah. Joey, um, it's gonna give Doom a low NC. Uh, Star Fox is a high NC. 
Mario Brothers 2, low end C, <laughs> and the other two are Fs. <laughs> Ooh, Alex Kidd could be F F tier. Well, the thing is, it's not unplayable. That's I thought it thing. was. I didn't find any enjoyment to play it. So, mm. all right, that's fair. That's fair. My thing is, I'm right. I'm hearing you say for Tomb Raider that there's no backstep, but my version did have a backstep. Maybe it, maybe Gog's version just has like all the mods and such. Might. That's very possible. I was at backstep at the backflip with the right mouse click, and I clicked on it a few times by accident and fell to my death. So I hated it. <laughs> well the thing is uh the the cool thing about these uh steam version and i have the steam controller so there's like four extra buttons on that sucker yeah. i was able to map out each individual jump mechanic uh to the steam controller <laughs> so i would find myself save scumming to figure out which one of like the four jumps that i need to do at that moment because you don't know you you can't there's a lot of times where you just don't know which jump that you need to do based on the perspective of the platforms ahead of you. Like, is this a running jump? Is this, uh, is this a, a backflip jump? Is this, etc., etc. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Um, okay, so Kevin actually has the next theme pick, and he had to leave for an emergency, which is fine. I'm sure he gives Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness a hard F as well. <laughs> There's no no doubt in my mind on that one. So I guess we'll we'll get I'll get with him later. He'll give us the theme pick and that is it for episode 65 of the Red Leaf Retrocast. Uh see you next time. Bye. Bye now.